is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, gang? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Big Friday show and big Friday night till tonight at Canada Life Center with the charging Colorado Avalanche in to take on the Winnipeg Jets back from the road trip out east. We've got a great show, lots of Jets talk today. Scotty Billick, first up, coming up in 20, 25 minutes with the latest on the Winnipeg Jets heading into tonight's game. And a little later on, Ken Weeb, in the midst of a marathon journey back from New York City, joining us from, of all places, Phoenix, Arizona. Yes, you heard that right. Kenny and Mike, due to the storms and canceled flights in Toronto and Minneapolis, had to go through Phoenix. So uh, <laughs> we're going to catch up with Ken a little bit later on. We'll really focus mostly on the hockey today. We will have a Scotty's update for you as the tiebreaker games are finishing up right now out in Kamloops. And a little later on, before we drop the marbles... We will also welcome in Kirby Shep, head coach of the Bison men's basketball team. Tomorrow night, if you were unaware, maybe the biggest game in the history of the long-storied crosstown rivalry between the University of Winnipeg Westman and the University of Manitoba Bisons. Everything on the line, a trip to the national championship for the winner of tomorrow night's game at 7 o'clock between the Bison and Westman at Investors Group Athletic Center. Expecting a sold-out crowd. It will be the place to be for sports fans tomorrow night in Winnipeg. And we'll uh, set it up with Kirby a little bit later on in the program as well. Big news coming out of the morning skate. We'll get to that in just a moment. Before we do that, a big thanks to the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen every day. Starting with Princess Auto, our great partners over at Cool Bet Canada, Little Brown Jug, Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, Canadian Club, Consolidated Supply, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports. We might have time for a couple of why-not questions of the day for Not Auto Corp over at Waverly and McGillivray as well with so much happening around the local squad going into tonight's game. Let's get Remus in here to start off the program. Remo, big, big tilt tonight. The biggest of the year, according to head coach Rick Bonus. What's going on? Biggest game of the year uh, so far. I think every game is actually the biggest game of the year, but this one tonight right now has to be the Jets coming off their one and three road trip against the surging Avalanche. Minnesota won yesterday to a shutout win. Um, everything is getting compressed in the Western Conference. Uh, this is a good chance for the Jets to right the ship. They're great at home, has 28 and 0 at home. And they have beat Colorado a couple times already this season, but watch out for the Avs, uh, six two and two, and they're they got their eyes on top spot in the West because Dallas, look at Dallas's record in their last ten two three and five, man. But uh, look, we didn't really touch. We didn't really touch on. I mean, there was so much doom and gloom after that loss to the Islanders. We sort of glossed over the fact that Dallas blew a 3-0 lead on home ice to the Chicago Blackhawks and ended up losing in regulation in their last timeout. Um, you know, it was a crazy night in the National Hockey League. I mean, a bunch of very important games. The East playoff race is fascinating. Huge wins by Buffalo in Tampa. And the Detroit Red Wings over the New York Rangers has 
put the wings into the final, final playoff spot right now. Andrew Kopp with a goal and a couple of assists last night. And the Detroit Red Wings now are really in the driver's seat when it comes to that final spot, considering that they've only played 57 games, three less than the Florida Panthers, four less than the New York Islanders, who Islanders right now three points up in seventh, but again, having played far more games and uh, the Panthers tied for that final spot, but having played three more as well. And a holy smokes, Remo, the Pittsburgh Penguins got their asses kicked by the Edmonton Oilers last night. A complete embarrassment. The Boo Birds were out. Fire Hextall chance. And apparently Kapanen not at practice today because he's being put on waivers. Um, I know it's been a little stressful times for Jet fans uh, over this last little while, but man, there are some teams that are going south very quickly. Oh, and that doesn't even include the Washington Capitals moving Garnet Hathaway and Dmitry Orlov to the Boston Bruins yesterday. It was a big, big night in the National Hockey League, even with the Winnipeg Jets off, getting ready for tonight's tilt with the Avs. Yeah, Casper Cavity is being at $3.2 million this year next year. I'm guessing the autographed Capitan card I pulled out of an Upper Deck Series 1 a couple years ago. That value uh, has kind of gone down. And yeah, we did have the trade. It is trade deadline season. Uh, Orlov and Hathaway held out before last game and then traded. And we thought Boston was in on Gavrikov. Uh, I think Orlov is the superior player, and you get a nice added Hathaway. And watch out. This Bruins defense is crazy. And I almost forgot they have former Winnipeg Jet Derek Forbort on the third pair. Uh, remember him, Huss? And, uh, you know, just as far as the trade deadline goes, we're anticipating, what, Patrick Kane to be moved to the Rangers? Well, we'll wait and see how that happens. But that was the report yesterday. So lots going on with the Jets around the NHL. Trade deadline, uh, but we do have this uh, this game tonight, and we did have what some Jets news from the coach uh, after the morning skate. Yeah, and uh, this is pretty much worst case scenario. Um, we knew that Cole Perfetti was out; they put him on IR immediately, which kind of gave us a bit of an indication that this probably wasn't the day to day injury. But Remo out. Eight weeks. I mean, we're basically at the end of February right now. That would stretch well into April, potentially making Cole Perfetti unavailable for the beginning of the playoffs right now. And, you know, for a team that has had so much trouble scoring goals as of late, the last thing that they needed was um, one of their offensively talented players playing the majority of the time in the top six to be out long term. But that is the predicament for the Jets going into tonight and another hole in the lineup for Kevin Sheveldayoff to consider filling as we get closer to the trade deadline one week from today. Yeah, minimum eight weeks for Cole Perfetti. So today, so it's four weeks, like two months. Today, February 24. I mean, would you have him for round one? They didn't really say the injury. You can't speculate. They said that is what we know. Um, I guess... You, well, I can play the clip from bonus, but uh, it doesn't require surgery and um, wasn't related to last season. But here, you want the want to hear? Yeah, what let's he had hear. It. Bones, of course, spoke. We've got a couple other clips from Bones on tonight's game, but obviously the big news today, right off the hop, is the announcement of Cole Perfetti being out eight weeks. This is what uh, Bones had to say when he dropped the news on the assembled media this morning downtown. Cole Perfetti has an upper body injury. Uh, it's not related to last year, but he is out probably a minimum of eight weeks. Going to require surgery, perhaps? Uh, no, not at this point. 
Okay. Uh, when did that actually happen? That was uh, probably a New Jersey game. I don't know the exact moment. And I might have got hit and just it was a buildup. All right, so there's Bones on it. And again, it is somewhat surprising that this news came out of the New Jersey game because, Remo, of course, Cole Perfetti was on the ice in the final minute with the goalie pull as the Jets tried to score the winning goal. And we did see him laboring somewhat, trying to get back to that puck that ended up in the empty net for the Winnipeg Jets. So um was obviously playing through something at the end of the game. But after further review with the doctors, uh, not just out for a few games, but out eight weeks. And, um, you know, listen, probably, I mean, there's some other players that have been more productive so far this year. Um, but that is a big, big hole in a top six that, you know, has been doing all of the heavy lifting when it comes to goal scoring. And we've talked about the sort of power outage over the last little while for the Winnipeg Jets. Not a great development as they uh, get ready to take on the abs tonight. No, not definitely not something you want to hear for a team Hus, that has struggled to score goals on the most recent road trip on the last stretch of games to lose a guy who's been in the top six all season. I think that hurts. Uh, he was out before and they seem to be okay, but I mean, this is for a team that hasn't had a great record here in the last 14 games and you're kind of starting a battle here for a playoff spot, not what you want to hear. And I do wonder if it puts, well, I'm sure it puts more pressure on Kevin Chevalier to acquire a top six forward or a middle six to replace some of that offense. And just going by the lines from last game, you had Connor Shafley, Appleton, Ehlers, Dubois, and Wheeler in your top six, Baron, Lowry, Kuhlman, Menelain, and Stanlin, Gagne. And, you know, early on in the season, they were getting some goals from Gagne, had some big goals. Lowry had, had some goals, uh, you know, had a lot of points in the first, like, 30 games, but... It just they hasn't been there, and losing Cole Perfetti isn't going to help. And I think they're going to have to add two, maybe maybe three. Like I don't want to set like over under how many forwards they add. I guess you can do set it at two and a half. It's going to be over. over I think it's going to be over. I think it's going to be over. And I've kind of and we'll get to this with Ken a little later on. And I sort of mentioned this when we were having our conversations yesterday with Brandon and obviously yourself. I'm not sure that the power outage in the bottom six that has stretched now a considerable period of time might not force Kevin Chevaldeoff to add multiple bodies. And it might not be. I mean, the assets are the assets of what they have and they're prepared to give up. For a long time, we were thinking that this would be a big push in to get one of the top players. We've talked about Timo Meyer for a long time. Certainly the Jets are still interested in him. But I think when you look at this roster right now, I mean, no longer are we talking about defense being urgent. Uh, they got to find a way to score goals and get a bit of a different mix in that bottom six. But also now with Cole Perfetti out, I think you make a great point. That middle six of a player that can at least go in and contribute in a top six role um, is mandatory. But the needs are plenty right now up front for the Winnipeg Jets, considering what they haven't been doing, and that's scoring goals. Yeah, I wonder if they'll, you know, usually the Jets go down to the wire at the deadline. I wonder if on like Friday morning we'll see some pickups for late picks or you know minimal costs just some you know depth that you can put in your lineup jeff hamilton did ask uh did ask bonus you know what are the short-term solutions here with perfetti out of the lineup and uh here's what bones had to say about that one well you you, uh, you keep juggling <laughs> you have no choice um you know again there's there's line shuffles that you don't you, you're forced to make 
and that's one of them. Um, then you have to, you've got to just move some guys in and out, see how it works, and give it a chance, and then yeah, we go from there. So we've been, it's it's coaching in the NHL today. You always you know, you, you never know when that injury is going to come, and you got to be ready to adjust. All right, there's uh, Bowen's putting a brave face on this morning. The smiles back, um, and. Listen, that's something they're, they're going to have to deal with. It's probably more on the shoulders of the general manager right now as we get closer to the trade deadline. The bottom line tonight for Rick Bonus's squad is they need to get back to the brand of hockey, the style of hockey that propelled them to the top of the Central Division and have to be ready for one of the most lethal opponents in the Western Conference in the defending Stanley Cup champion Avalanche tonight. And just before we hear a little bit more from Bones, Reem, um, you know, we... We're kind of joking that for the last week or so, when we've been watching the Jets on TV, we've seen that your favorite, the full digital board ad featuring tonight's game. <laughs> Big Friday night, Jets avalanche, Morrissey versus Makar. Well, the first time it was Hellebuck versus Vasilevsky. We didn't see Vasilevsky, and we won't be seeing Kale Makar tonight. He is out. Kay Landeskog is skating, but still on IR. Um, and they'll also be without Darren Helm, Eric Johnson, and Pavel Francouz. But uh, the Avalanche, uh, there's Nate McKinnon, but I'm not sure there's a guy that affects the way that this team looks more than Kale McCarr on the back end. Yeah, I know they've got a lot of depth on D, but I mean, Kale McCarr is you know one of the best defensemen in the league, if not number one. So, I mean, that's a big hole. But they've had been pretty deep on defense. They'll go with, with Gerard and Devon Taves as the top pair. Bowen Byram, he's... Healthy after, you know, battling in an injury all season. Josh Manson is a guy who's been hurt as well in the lineup. And then on the third pair, you got Curtis McDermott, Andreas Englund. I wonder how much those guys are going to be relied on. Um, as far as the lines for them, you got Lekkinen, McKinnon, Nakushkin, Rodriguez, Comfer, Rantanen, uh, Mulligan, Newhook, O'Connor, Cogliano, Nieto, Hunt. And that's where we'll see from Colorado tonight. Hey, when did Dennis Mulligan end up on the avalanche? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember that one. I, remember <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Matt Nieto was like pretty recently. I remember they did that deal. Yeah, the Mulligan one. I'm not sure. I was uh, soon. I think Alex Newhook centering that third line. He's a pretty talented young guy. Uh, but I mean, we're looking at the big boys up front, much like we're looking at the Winnipeg Jets top six: Kyle Connor, Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler, Nikolai Ehlers, Pierre Luc Dubois. Uh, that top line of Lekin and McKinnon and Chushkin. Carrying the load, and of course, Miko Rantanen right now uh, still a big, big part of their offense, playing with JT Comfer and Evan Rodriguez. But um, back to Bones. He spoke this morning. Of course, the team traveled yesterday, and um, you know, before getting to the Colorado Avalanche, talked a little bit about the state of the team and looked back on the road trip that the team just returned from. I think even in the uh, the Columbus game. We, we came out of the gates great, and we had great scoring opportunities. Both games are similar is that we didn't score. We didn't capitalize. And when you score on the road and against teams that are defensive, like uh, especially the Islanders, then they have to change the way they play because they've got to open it up a little bit. We were unable to capitalize on those opportunities early in the game. Both games we didn't give up very much, but the, the bigger point for me is that we had those chances early and we didn't score. Uh, you look at the game in the Long Island, uh, wheels all alone in front, hits the post and goes this way. 
uh, Casey walked in, hit the post early. So those 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 timely goals that get us give us a boost. Uh, we we didn't score in either one of those games, and I give the goalies both goalies credit because they were, did their job in both in Columbus and Long Island. If you're comparing for me, those games are the same because then all of a sudden we're going into the third, and those early goals we didn't score came back to bite us. All right, so there's bones on, uh, you know, basically what happened and what didn't happen for the Winnipeg Jets. And, I mean, I know there's some people who talk about timely saves and timely goals, but there is something to be said for getting that good feeling and getting one past the goaltender. And, I mean, they were haunted by Corpusallo for pretty much the full 60 minutes in that Columbus game and certainly didn't have the same amount of quality scoring opportunities as the game continued against the New York Islanders, but really did start off with plenty of them and, you know, just were not able to get that first goal. We've spent a lot of time talking about the lack of scoring from the bottom six and the overall power outage for the Jets over this last little while. But what about the defense? Remember, our D are coming? Um, certainly that was the case in the first half of the season. Has not been as much lately, and... Rick Bonus talked this morning about wanting to get a little bit more offense from his blue liners. Oh, that's that's dropped off too. We're we're trying to get them more involved. We're, again, you know me, I'm trying to get them 10 to 14 shots every game. I want them up in the rush. Um, so to me, it's it's, it's that, that they're a big part of secondary scoring. Uh, I know we're up there near the top of the league in points, so they're still contributing with assists and everything else like that. But uh, we still want to see a few more goals from them. Um, uh, they they got to be they've got to do a better job of being ready to shoot when the when the when the opportunity is there, and the forwards have to do a better job for them utilizing them on the rush, utilizing them in the ozone, and making sure we have a good net presence when that shooting opportunity comes. All right, Bones with a little bit more on um, activating the blue line, what he hopes to get numbers wise, shots and chances from the blue line, and. Bottom line is, needs a few guys to step up and score a goal. Well, uh, later on today, we'll get to the cool bet lines and we'll see what some of the goal props are for members of the uh, of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, those numbers have been rising over the last little while as some of these droughts have continued. Reem, as much as, uh, and again, we're going to get into this matchup and the latest with the Winnipeg Jets with Scott Billick. We spent plenty of time talking yesterday, and I know there were some anxious fans and anxious hosts on this program, considering what we've seen as of late. But I'll tell you what, it's nothing compared to what's happened in St. Louis. They've traded players. They are pretty much putting up the white flag on the season. And uh, I'm not sure I've heard a more angry coach with his players in a long time than uh, what we heard from Craig Berube last night. Uh, the big guy was livid after they lost to the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, I mean, you just can't lose to Vancouver. Uh, so I see people from Vancouver getting mad at Kuzmenko for scoring all these goals and Pedersen's on pace for, like, what is he, seventh in the league in points right now. Vancouver fans not happy with the win, but the Blues, they're 3-6-1. and one. I mean, they're creeping down the bottom of the standings. I mean, I don't think they expected this to happen uh, this season. I mean, they had uh, the hot start, and then they had a losing streak, then a winning streak, uh, and it's just gone downhill from there. And, yeah, 24th in the league. And you have to wonder if their free fall is going to continue. We'll have to see how many more players they've traded. Already traded O'Reilly and Achari. And who, who else? Barbashev going to get traded. 
And who else is going to get traded? Anyone? Oh, Tarasenko. Well, I mean, the guy so, that I mean, get, get, keeps getting named is, uh, you know, is Pareko or one of their blue they, lines. He's, I, I'm, Pareko's I'm got out no on, trade. And seven years left on his contract. Yeah. Who's... So, anyways, I'm that wouldn't be a, a target that I would be looking at, and I do think, and again, this goes back to how much guys like being and playing for the St. Louis Blues. Seemingly, um, he's won a cup there, signed eight years. I'm not sure he's really looking forward to uh, to to moving. Although, you heard what you heard from the head coach uh, last night, you'd probably think that um, he, uh, you know, maybe some players do want to get out. This was a scud directly at Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. Do you have the clip ream? Yeah, it's ready to go. Let's, uh, okay, if you missed this, this was Craig Berube's post game last night after their uh, loss to the Canucks. You see Tor diving, locking shots, like an example on that PK. I mean, should that, things like that, should that be really setting an example for everybody else? No, oh, 100%. Yeah, for sure. They should be very, very happy that we got this guy on our team and that he's laying it on the line. And they should be inspired by it, and they should go out and play with inspired. Our our best players don't play with any passion, no emotion, and no no inspiration at all. They don't play inspired hockey. You cannot play in this league without emotion, grit, being inspired. Um, They're getting paid lots of money, and they're not showing. They're not doing the job. End of story. That's it. That's what it boils down to. How's that for a challenge of uh, of your top players? I probably wouldn't have liked to have been in the car ride home with Kairou or Robert Thomas after that one last night. But Remo, that topic or that theme from Craig Berube, um, well, certainly not, I mean, directly challenging his players, you know, I'm speaking of Rick Bonus like Berube did last night. That lack of passion or emotion is something that Rick Bonus sort of alluded to early on in the season and definitely something it often is hard to find when a team is struggling, particularly in the goal-scoring department like Winnipeg has been as of late. It's funny. I saw the quote on Twitter last night saying, our best players don't play with passion or emotion. And it sound I had to double-check that it was Craig Berube and not Rick Bonus because, yeah, he said uh, similar stuff about the Jets earlier this season, that you have to play with passion, play with emotion, and... Um, I mean, I don't know if it's, I think that's part of it. I think part of it is, you know, scoring from the bottom has has dried up. I think it all comes together, but um, I think we'll have to see if, you know, the passion and emotion comes back here against Colorado, and I think a well, a home game, Friday night, division rival, although we haven't talked about a first first game after a long road trip, Huss. Yeah, you can throw that one out. I mean, this this predicament (laughs) this team is in, I mean, I think they realize, and Rick Bonus said it after last night's game, this this is the biggest game of the year, and you don't normally get those sort of statements from coaches at this point in the season, Um, but he's right. Um, And listen, Rick Bonus challenged his team, talked about needing players to work harder in the middle of that last road trip, and I thought that the response early on with at least the engagement, the physicality, the energy in the Ranger game was great. I mean, Dylan DeMello, Brendan Dillon, both making some big hits. Sam Gagne dropping the gloves. I mean, there were some good signs. And obviously, it was nice to score a few goals on Igor Shesterkin. Um, But that was a strange game and kind of funny that that was the one game that they won on that road trip, considering how much rubber the New York Rangers put on Connor Hellebuck. Um, We'll talk about this coming up with Scott Billick and Ken Weeb. Um, Just before we do that, Still pretty chilly outside, folks. Is your car going to make it? 
how's the battery? Well, listen, if you're in the need of a battery for your car, your truck, or even that summer toy you're working on this winter, Manitoba Battery is the most convenient and well-priced option in the city where you can put in your order for a battery around lunchtime or even right now and have it sitting on your doorstep in two to four hours for less money than you'd spend anywhere else in Winnipeg on the same battery. It's that simple. Order it by 1.30 and have it on your doorstep before the end of the day. Manitoba Batteries, basically the Amazon of batteries here in Winnipeg with the best prices and you're shopping with a great local company. No more fighting for a parking spot at Costco. No waiting in line at Canadian Tire. No more spending more money on a battery at the big box stores. Let Manitoba Battery bring it to you while you spend time on more important things. Make that phone call or order online at manitobabattery.com. Let Manitoba Battery simplify your life. They are down at 1026 Logan Avenue. Big shout out to our friends at Consolidated Supply. I know the guys are getting ready for this snow to melt and already working on a big golf season coming up in Manitoba as the irrigation and artificial turf experts, not to mention the official and only licensed club car dealer in Manitoba. Uh, but so much more that they do for golf courses they can do for you on your properties, including great landscaping options, irrigation, artificial turf. Maybe you want that dream putting green in the backyard. And while you're at it, check out their amazing options for outdoor kitchens, spas, and hot tubs as well. Pop down and see the fellas at 1395 Niaqua Road East or check them out online at their new revamped website at cte.ca. Uh, nominations continue to be open for the Wallace and Wallace Unsung Hero program. Send us an email to unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com and uh, let us know about that person in your life, in your community that's making a difference through charity work, volunteering, and more, whether it be with local charities, within youth sports. We'd love to hear about them. Our Unsung Hero for the month will receive an autographed jersey from Josh Morrissey and a $500 donation will be made by Wallace and Wallace to the Dream Factory. Excuse me. All right. And just before we bring on uh, Scotty, hey, if you're looking for great prices on natural organic supplements, maybe some Colflex oregano spray for yours truly, get on down to uh, Vita Health Fresh Market. February's Heart Month. It's crucial to support this vital organ with omega-3 fatty acids. Supplement it with RX3 omega-3 fish oil by Natural Factors, helping support cardiovascular health, cognitive function, eye health, joint pain, and flexibility. And it's on sale today at Vita Health. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. All right, abs, jets tonight, Cole Perfetti out eight weeks. Let's discuss now. Scotty Billick of the Winnipeg Sun. Scott, what's happening, man? Great to have you back on the show. Yeah, it's going good. Yeah, everything's good. Um, good to see that. It looks like you're still recovering from uh, the big 5-0 and the, the Super Bowl win. And that's man, been like two weeks, man. Man, you know what? The funny thing was that was, um, uh, you know, I had a great weekend. I came back. I was at the game on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah. And I just haven't really been able to kick this, and uh, yeah, yeah, eh, it comes and goes. Not too bad. It could be I could be in a much worse situation, but uh, yeah. every now and then, through some of those reads, sometimes you need to throw out the white flag and uh, <laughs> just take a quick uh, a quick time out. Um, let's get right to the big news today. Yep. I mean, we've talked about the Winnipeg Jets struggling to score goals right now. Um, 
the last thing they needed was to lose Cole Perfetti for eight weeks, but that yeah. is what we learned this morning from Coach Rick Bonus. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, to me, it's a huge loss to this team, and it like because it's it's more than just like a loss of a player, right? It comes at a time where the Jets are already trying to figure out what they need to do at the trade deadline. I'm sure they figured it out already, but you know, they're trying to get players in. You're looking for for you know solutions to your top six because that's what they've been doing all year is trying to find some players to play in the top six. And it just, it, they haven't really found that, 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 that six guy, let's say, to kind of kind of play in there. And then you don't know if, you know, are you trying to get Wheeler down on the third line for the playoffs? Was Perfetti already, you know, destined for the third line for the playoffs? Um, now you don't even know if you'll have him for the first round. And, and you know, it, it, it's tough because he, he's having a good year in terms of, you know, rookies. Um, yeah, you know, he had, he had dried up a little bit there in terms of offensive production, but he's so smart um, defensively, and, and that's where it's going to hurt this team, in my opinion. I mean, I, you know, I, I thought he's had you know, some tough games here and there um, lately. Um, but, yeah, it, like, it, it's big for that. It, it's big because, you know, this is the second year in a row now that a, that a major injury has kind of ended, you know, sort of curtailed his season, let's say. Um, I won't say it's ended this season because, you know, if the Jets are obviously, you know, destined for the playoffs here, um, it, depending how far they go, they might get Cole Perfetti back. Um, but the, it's tough on that sense. You know, you, you just, you know, let's just think about Cole for a second. I mean, it sucks for him. It sucks for his development. Um, it, it sucks for his, uh, you know, yeah, just, it, it just, it, it's a tough blow for him personally. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions now of his, uh, yeah, his durability and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I guess, I guess the, the the silver lining here is that it's not related, at least according to Rick Monas, not related to either of the injuries that he suffered last year, the uh, the shoulder injury that initially knocked him out, and then the, the back injury that, that really ended his season. Um, you know, but eight weeks, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but we've seen eight weeks before, and that often means shoulder. Um, you know, it could be something else, but you know, because we don't get whatever, it leads to a lot of speculation. Sometimes you wonder if it's the other shoulder, um, which wouldn't be great either. But, I mean, we don't know, and we won't know until until Cole gets back and if, if he wants to tell us or not. But, you know, it, it's uh, it's just a, it's a tough blow at a, at a really pivotal time for this team where you're looking to find um, reinforcements. I mean, I don't know, does it change anything for what the Jets were looking to do? I'm not sure because they're looking to put Cole Perfetti, as I said earlier down to the third line, does it make any difference, you know, in what they're actually targeting? But if you think you're going to miss Perfetti in the playoffs and he was going to be, you know, a third line, middle six player, um, you know, now you got to go and try and find one of those two on top of what you're already looking for. And, yeah, I mean, we're getting down to the wire here. We're, we're a week away from the trade deadline. Um, it's been pretty quiet around here so far in terms of, well, you know, it's quiet in the entire it, but... West right now. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, the yeah. East has been well, just an arms race, right? All of yeah. the big moves. And now, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, the conferences right now are looking like the varsity and JV. I mean, right now of the <laughs> national uh, national hockey league, but yeah. you know, to your point about, you know, what Kevin Shevel, I was thinking going into, you know, next Friday, two, three weeks ago, our conversations were, you know, a real aggressive move for one of the top players on the market, a Timo Meyer, a Jacob Chikrin. Yeah. I'm not sure, Scott, if the recent struggles with scoring goals from not just the bottom six, but also some players in the top six 
might have changed the focus of Kevin Cheveldayoff to instead of bringing in one big fish to potentially looking at bringing in multiple players at forward positions to completely shake up the way this team looks, especially in the bottom six with uh, pretty much nothing going on right now offensively for anybody on the third or fourth line. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it, right? I mean, it, it's funny how quickly things can change. I mean, before this road trip, the Jets were flying high. I think they won three straight there, um, you know, heading into that road trip. And then you lose in Columbus, and then you lose two other games on that trip. And and then you wonder, I mean, I, I, it, it's funny, right? I mean, we, we've talked about all in and all in and all that in and, and that sort of thing. And now, I mean, I'm not saying that the Jets aren't going all in this season, because I think, I mean, this is still the window to do it, but I, I just wonder the hesitancy. I mean, I you know I remember Rick or uh, Nate Schmidt saying after the Columbus game last Saturday, um, sorry, after the Columbus game when they practice on Saturday um, in in New York, and he's like, you know, this is an audition for us. This is our last little audition to go in, and then they you know proceed to lose two of three, and and so I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that the Jets aren't going for it, but I wonder what has changed in Kevin Dayoff's mind kind of an offshoot to your question you know it does has this whole thing changed and that sort of thing i mean i again i still think they have to make moves because this is this is the window this you i mean you've got to do something um but how much are they willing now to to kind of put into it i mean and that's the other thing i mean we talked we've talked about timo meyer does it make it more important would would you change your mind now on maybe just taking him as a kind of a self-rental and are you willing to pay that price to to get those goals into the lineup. I mean, that, that, that's an interesting question because, you know, we've all heard and, and we know about Kevin Sheldayev. I mean, he wants term and if he can't re-sign Timo Meyer, I don't think he really wants any part of it. But, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we've talked about how, how few goals this, this Jets team has scored, how bad the bottom six has been in terms of production. I mean, Adam Lowry is, I believe it's 30 or 29. So I, I did the math. 31. Like 31 now. Yeah. 31 games without a goal. I mean, there's a bunch of them, right? The rest of them haven't scored. The bottom six hasn't scored a goal um, since the Philly game uh, when Carson Kuhlman just kind of skated one into the net uh, there. And then I, I believe Kevin Stenlin had a goal in that game as well. But that that's it for bottom six scoring. I, I, it's been like 10 games, 11 games since they've even had a goal. And Rick Bonus said this morning, you talked about, oh, they had some assists and, and all that sort of thing. But, I mean, again, you need goals. I mean, and they haven't really gotten any. So, I mean, now what are you looking at? I mean, there's all sorts of players – out there that you could potentially find but you know prices are starting to go up now and you know because all the big names are starting to go there's one left with Timo Meyer. um you know Jonathan Taves doesn't you know, he's not going to be available so that might have gotten rid of an option for the Jets and um you know you're talking about Nick Schmaltz and all these different players right now um but it's going to cost you know it's going to cost the Jets I mean I don't think anybody's throwing this team an anchor right now either um with the loss of Perfetti either with their goal scoring woes and all that kind of thing. So it, it's a tough one. I, I don't know how they're looking at this now. I mean, we're not going to probably talk to Kevin Sheldon up until it, it's all over next Friday and, and they, you know, see what they do. So, um, but it would be interesting to be a fly on the wall in that room of how they're kind of going to go and, and look at this because you now what happens if the Jets lose tonight to Colorado? Well, it's a four point swing. Colorado moves two points behind the Jets I, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, raise the alarm bells, but partly you, you want to because, you know, this team, you know, if, if it goes the wrong way for them, they're only a couple losses away from being outside of the playoff line. 
Um, they're also two points back or one point back, I believe, of of, of first place. Well, that's so the thing. It, it's, it's so it's weird, close right? right now. Yeah. Right. It, I mean, it's and so, so it's you the, have they, to strengthen, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the I mean, Dallas Dallas <clears throat> has done nothing as of late. The Jets haven't been very good. The other teams have sort of been moving up, and it's sort of accordion the entire yeah. top nine right now. And Calgary left one on the table last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, but again, they're what five points back right now, or four points back of Winnipeg, and mm-hmm. that's the team that's out of the playoffs right now. So I mean, nothing is guaranteed. Listen, the math will tell you the Jets are still in a very, very good oh, yeah. situation. However, what is concerning, and I'm sure this is resonating within management right now, is that I think their needs within. One to twelve of the forward group are more than they thought before. I mean, I think a lot yeah. of guys that they figured would have kind of been plateauing or improving now that they're comfortable and getting regular ice time, that just hasn't happened. And I think they're realizing their needs are more up front if they do want to have a team that you know is not so heavily dependent on the likes of Connor and Shifley, <laughs> you know, to basically yeah. be scoring the goals. Obviously, Ehlers and 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 uh, and Dubois as well. It was nice for Ehlers to get off the Schneid and break that ten-game goalless scoring yeah. streak as well. It wasn't just the it wasn't just the bottom six that were having a, having a tough time. No. So once you get to that point and you identify the fact that maybe one guy isn't going to solve all the problems, um, you're looking at multiple deals, maybe lesser type players, but ones that can come in and and can make it and make an impact and, and and make a difference for the club and. You know, just back to something you'd said before, because we were funny, we were playing that Baruby clip of him just, yeah. you know, roasting his club. And <laughs> earlier on in the season, it seemed like Rick Bonus was more than happy to, um, you know, fire a few shots his players' way, you know, even after wins. The way he handled both the Jersey game, the win against the New York Rangers, and then hearing what he had to say today, um, He's taking a little bit of a different tact, and certainly coaches will, I think, get the feel of their team, where they're at over the course of 82 games, and handle things differently. I think we're in that spot right now, and it it sort of seems like they're trying to build confidence right now, not go in with direct challenges and calling people out. Um, But it's a little bit of a crisis right now for the Winnipeg Jets, and nothing that you know a big performance and turning the red light a bunch of times couldn't change. But it has been very interesting to see how Bonus in particular has handled it, how he's spoken publicly, and how he's spoken with his team after games, which is in a little bit of contrast to what we'd seen earlier on this season as he really tried to establish a new way of doing things around here. Yeah, I, you know, I, I look back at the Rangers game, and that's the one where I'm like, you know, your team got caved in. And the only reason that you won that game and weren't blown out of the water was Connor Hellebuck. Well, and, yeah, and they scored some goals. I mean, that's the thing. They They actually scored four goals. Right. But, I mean, again, I mean, the players, I thought, I see, you know, after the game, I thought the players were probably more honest than Bonus was, which was kind of a a bit different, right? Like, I mean, you know, just to your point, I mean, that's where it kind of felt like, okay, well, you know, the players know that they they, they can't play like that. I mean, you, yeah, you can be opportunistic with your your shooting. And, yeah, you had Mark Shifley score twice and, Dubois and Connor all score in that game and he scored on the power play and all that stuff. But on 50 shots, I mean, you allow that in the playoffs, you're getting, you'll, you'll never get there. Connor Hellebuck will be dead on the ice, right? Like, it, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't give him IVs during the intermission and oxygen during the game. Like, it, I mean, you can't play him like that. You can't, you can't do it to him like that. And, and so, yeah, like I, 
I, I just, you might be like, I mean, it, it's interesting, right? And I've been kind of hesitant to kind of maybe write about this or ask about it right now because I wonder, like, is there a bit of a uh, a shake up, shaken confidence in this team right now because you know they played well in my opinion a lot of games during the early season but but now it's just not going for them and I wonder if well Rick Bonus is like well you know I, I can yell and scream at them all I want but I mean he said it I mean I believe it was after the Columbus game um, where he, where he said you know I'm changing this up and it's on them like he's still putting the onus on the players where it should be. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's an interesting point, Huss, and 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 I think, yeah, I wonder if there is a bit of a I don't know if it's a crisis of confidence, but at least a, um, you know, a bit of a a warning or a red light or a red flag or something like that, where it's just you know this team doesn't need to be screamed at or you know called out in the media, you know, right now they no, just I- need to be kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think we've seen it. I mean, I think this has been, yeah. you know, handling these things a little differently. And I think it speaks sure. to the situation the Jets are in. And, you know, this isn't about one player or another. I mean, certainly Adam Lowry, when was asked after the game in New York, I yeah. mean, pointed it directly at himself in the bottom six. Yeah. But again, when it is not one player or two players, but basically two full lines and going into it, you also had a player like Nikolai Ehlers that hadn't been a very productive lately. You realize that, you know, calling everybody out, um, you know, and it's difficult. I mean, everyone's not going to score tonight. There are still going to be some of these streaks continuing. Um, but getting a good result and, and getting some good vibes on this club. And, and who knows? I, there is part of me that thinks that this challenge tonight against the Colorado Avalanche is exactly what the Winnipeg Jets need. Home ice, coming back home, knowing full well the opponent in front of you, how yeah. good they are, the challenge, and how close they are in the standings. Um, certainly the optimist well here too. Well, absolutely. Well, right? Yeah, so. they've got, they've had some yeah. good results against them so far. Obviously, Kale McCarr is out and they're a very different team when McCarr is not in the lineup right now. Um, but these are, this is incredibly important first three games over this next 11 because you've got the three games at home. You've got the home and home against Edmonton. You do have San Jose and Minnesota mixed in and then Carolina, Tampa, Florida, all on the road, and a return visit coming home to the Boston Bruins. I mean, there are almost no gimmies. Well, there are no gimmies right now with the way that the team's playing right now, but every point is so valuable. And, I mean, if you go through an extended slump right now, we will be talking about the playoff line a lot more than we're talking about the Dallas Stars and who's in first place in the Central Division. And that's why this game, and I think Rick Bonus said, right after the game against New York. This is the most important game of the year, and I think it's a huge challenge for his Winnipeg Jets. And be very, I'm very keen to see how this team comes out tonight and how they handle the adversity right now that they're going through with a real power outage um, when it comes to scoring goals. Yeah, I think this stretch and I think these next few games here in this week really going to tell you a lot about the character of this team, right? I mean, you know, we've talked about it all year since training camp, about this on the wall and all this stuff right but this is where it matters like this is where you know you're working for the next guy being honest with the next guy accountability all that stuff matters right now right now like that's when it matters you know they need they need to pull up the socks and come out and beat a Colorado team because it sets the the homestand here in the next week at least on a good foot because yeah like you said I mean you watched you watched the Edmonton Oilers just destroy the Pittsburgh Penguins last night you know 
and and you know Edmonton's not an easy like there, there's no there's no easy I mean you might say San Jose uh, might be the easy game but at that point we'll see I mean that Minnesota game could be for a playoff spot uh, by at that point depending on how it goes and and you know we know how well Minnesota's played the Jets this season um, you know but the Jets have played Colorado good this season and, and that's where you know one of the things that kind of tipped a lot of people off onto the you know are the Jets going to be a good team this year was you know that early game against uh, Colorado where they kept with them and yeah they, you know a couple of times they got hemmed in their zone and that led to the goals but and they still kept with them and Neil Pionk scores in overtime and and you know the Jets are feeling good because they you know they got past the you know the big bad Colorado Avalanche where a year ago you know they, they had a three nothing lead blew that um and and then lost that game six three I believe it was and you know, so that, that you know, oh you God, saw don't at, bring that game oh, up. I, don't I know, bring that I mean, game up. I'm my, my having flashbacks that, right I now. Know, the whole point of that, though, is to say, oh, this team looked like, okay, we can compete with, and, and don't get me wrong, the Colorado team was injured at the time, and they have been pretty much all season. Um, but, you know, the Jets were also dealing with some injury. They had lost Nikolai Ehlers at that point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this game tonight, is, it, it's a big game. Um, I don't want to call it a must win, but it, it almost is because it's a four-point swing in the central standings where, you know, and Colorado, you, you don't, you don't want Colorado. I mean, they're already breathing on your back, you know, down your back and, and, and you need this team to, you know, need this Jets team to show something. I mean, you, you just came off a road trip where you went one four lost to the worst team in the league. And the only game you won and you gave up 50 shots and, and, and walked out of there, you know, because your goalie essentially won you the game. Um, and then you got some scoring and all that. I mean, but you know that, that trip could easily have been zero and four, um, you know, they need to show something tonight. They need to show the character of this team, the togetherness of this team, and they got to do it with more adversity with Perfetti being out now. And they know, I mean, I, you know, I imagine most of the team knew it's going to be a while uh, that he was going to be out before any of us knew in the media. But um, yeah, tonight's a huge game. I, like, it, It's a big game for this season. And and I really do. I wonder if they lose tonight and, you know, then you have Sunday's game and it's an, an afternoon game. But I just wonder, I wonder how much the, the complexion of you know how they're going to deal with this trade deadline um, is kind of changing right now, and, and as the losses stack up, it changes the math. And I just wonder how much you know either they go out and make a big move because they have to, almost like a desperate move to you know get something like that. There's there's so many things that could happen uh, with more losses, and and maybe a win buys them a bit of time and and gets a good feeling well, back around this I, team. I mean, like, so. I'm not sure that anything's really going to change, win or lose. I mean, I think they basically yeah. are going to see – I mean, listen, yeah. they know this hockey club, and, you know, they watched them for just about 60 games so far this year. And the better part of the last 25, it has been basically a two-line hockey club. Um, yeah. I think the needs are quite obvious. And as I say, that's why – I've kind of moved off of putting all of your eggs into getting one real difference maker like Meyer. And if you ask me today, I mean, I would expect that the Winnipeg Jets are adding multiple players. And, you know, maybe they're more traditional bottom six guys. Maybe there's someone that's more of a middle six that they think can fit into a role playing with the guys that they have up front. Um, but to me, it's almost a volume play right now because sure. I think that given – all things being equal, I think if they looked at this roster right now, they would really like to shake up and add a few more bodies to make a very different look on that bottom six and try and get some scoring. And as far as tonight goes, 
I'm looking at this first period. Like I thought the Jets came out really well against the Islanders. Yeah. I didn't mind the first two periods at all against the the New Jersey Devils, and I yeah. thought that the way they started against the 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 Rangers was also a real was, was answering what Rick Bonus had to say about the the passion, the intensity, the energy that they had. And listen, the Columbus game I mean, that was almost the reverse game of the Rangers where, I mean, they had a guy on the other side that stood on his head mm-hmm. and really stole a game. So, I mean, it's maybe not as ugly as it as it looks or just if you're looking at the box scores or feeling, you know, the mood of the team. However, tonight and this opportunity, I mean, the best thing they can do is come out, have a good start, and just get one in the net because Rick Bonus spoke about it today. When you have good starts like that, when you're in a bit of a slump, and you do all the things that you want to do, but you still can't score, I think that just cranks up the stress level, the anxiety. And let's face it, when this team isn't playing with confidence, bad things happen. And that those are the plays that usually end up going back in their own net. I mean, you look at the Gale goals in the second period against New Jersey. I mean, yeah. you know, what happened in New York? I mean, those were completely preventable goals, but sometimes that just happens when teams are trying to find an answer yeah. to score goals and you forget about what you really need to worry about, and that is taking care of your own end and just making the right play, managing the puck mm-hmm. properly, and not giving opportunities to your opponent. Yeah, I mean, the whole gripping stick too tight kind of, you know, cliche um, comes out or, yeah, trying, you know, too hard at one end and giving up some at the other. And yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, you know, I think how, how important would it be? How big would it be for, for the third line to come out and pop in a greasy goal right early on, right? Like really set the tone. Like, you know, Adam Lowry talked about after that game, like we got to be better, you know, you come out in the game. I mean, I think that would change. I, I think that adds a huge boost to the whole team just to see, you know, a guy like Adam Lowry kind of lead the way, like he often does. Um, you know, at least with his fists and, and and with being able to hit and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, it is important. I think it's important for them to score first, but not only score first, but like, you know, you know, really, really get a goal that they've been looking to get. Like, I, I just, yeah, it, it's time for somebody to step up, especially on that third line, in my opinion. Whether it's Morgan Barron, whether it's, you know, well, I mean, I, I guess, you know, we'll see kind of how that line shake out. I don't believe there's any line rushes this morning. Um, but yeah, like I, you know, I just, yeah, I, I think that you really need to, yeah, come out and, and, and just, I mean, I hate to use the stupid word vibes, but they, they need some good vibes and, and, uh, you know, this team needs to, you know, come out and, 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 and manufacture one. Um, you know, I think this place is going to be, you know, the rink is going to be, uh, pretty good tonight. I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, fans, uh, almost kind of wish it was a 9 p.m. game because I thought that game was unreal. <laughs> um, you know, in terms of, you know, the, 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 the fan, how the fans were on that game. And yeah, I know that a lot of that was probably a, a alcohol induced. Uh, what they were. But, but, it, but it, it was good. You know, it was a good atmosphere. But anyway, I think, you know, that's what this this team, this, the fan base needs tonight is, you know, a good atmosphere and, and a good effort from the team. Um, you know, I, I, I know uh, they, they sort of said it on the, I think Rick Bonus might have said it on the road trip where it's like, you know, if, you know, at least if you got a good effort, right. Because, you know, after a couple of those games, maybe the effort wasn't there after a little bit. And, you know, I just think they need a good effort, but I do think they need to win. And I think, you know, they need to get a goal and, you know, yeah, you can have Shifley and, and Connor and all the score that, but I mean, how big would it be in my opinion is, you know, to, to see Adam Lowry pop one in and, and throw the monkey off his back and, and all that stuff, right? Well, I think that would just amp everybody the, up. Throwing so. the monkey off their back. We yeah. all remember Buff doing that back in the day. 
I mean, yeah. the Jets could score five <laughs> goals tonight and have someone throwing a monkey off their back on every one of them <laughs> with right. the amount of guys that yeah. are in that. Listen, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was eyeing up an Adam Lowry goal prop at now plus 550, considering it's been uh, 31 Make games money, since, since he money. scored tonight. <laughs> well, I got the call in the Ehlers goal last game. I mean, maybe that'll be the strategy. These guys are so due. Something's got to happen. Gotta but um, yeah. something good happening from uh, from that bottom six would really, really help the, Thanks, help the cause tonight against a very good Colorado Avalanche team. Scotty, great stuff, man. We'll see you at the rink tonight. Enjoy yep. the weekend. A couple big games for the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, thank God it's going to warm up a little bit, too. Uh, no kidding. Eh? Like, get out of the deep freeze for once. Yeah, it's good. All right, have, a good, have, a good, have a good one, dude. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Great stuff with Scott Billick. We'll uh, check in with Kenny Weeb in Phoenix, of all places. He should be back in time for the game. Quick update, though, from the Scotties. And many of you in chat already uh, or know this, but... Uh, Caitlin Laws giving up a steal of one in an extra end, losing to Nova Scotia 7-6. to six. The other tiebreaker was BC beating Quebec. Um, so uh, we'll see the uh, playoffs now move on, continue. Kerry Anderson in the one spot. Jen Jones, despite being tied with McCarville, ended up finishing second in the pool. So they'll be in action against the three-team a little bit later on. We'll keep you up to date on that and uh, maybe get some odds if the uh, the numbers are up when we get to the cool bet lines a little bit later on today. All right, before we get to Ken, big shout-out to our friends at Royal Sports. You know that they're the hockey superstar. I was talking to the guys this week. A ton of sticks on sale. Warrior sticks, 50% off right now down at 750 Pemina Highway. If you've been waiting on a twig, check out some incredible deals down at Royal Sports. And uh, hey, if you've got a spring break trip coming up, incredible stock of snowboards and snowboard boots, bindings, accessories, all there at Royal Sports as well as the leader on the hill for decades here in Winnipeg as well. And hey, if you're maybe needing a new, uh, some little new, some new Jets gear before the game tonight, stop down at 750 Pemina Highway. Thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise, including plenty of exclusives, along with Bombers, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, World Soccer, and more. It's all there. The superstore of all things sports, Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Speaking of wardrobes, fellas, if uh, you need to up your suit and clothes game as we uh, get towards spring, you know where to do it. F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown. Best selection in men's wear, including custom suits beginning at just $400. But more than just custom suits, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked, pants, golf pants, chinos, and more. They've got it all for you. And, hey, if you're thinking about maybe tying the knot or you're in a wedding party, make sure to talk to Andrew and his great staff about a 15% discount for the entire wedding party when you get your custom suits made at F Apparel. Don't waste your time on a weekend rental then have to throw them back. Um, and speaking of uh, big days, 2023 grads, you got a young man graduating from a high school this year. Well, great deal for 2023 grads. You can get a suit that they can wear into the next chapter of their life. And with every custom suit for a 2023 grad, they'll include a free custom shirt and tie valued at around $150. F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown. F Apparel, E-P-H Apparel.com 
Find out more, make an appointment online. And uh, hey, if you're not going to the game tonight, next best place to get together with your gang has got to be Boston Pizza. Always fun. Pick up player games at most of the local BPs where you can win great prizes. And of course, ice cold schooners, world famous Boston's wings, gourmet pizzas, and more. And if you are staying in, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right. Not yet back in Winnipeg. But traveling here via Phoenix, we caught up with Kenny Weeb a little earlier to uh, talk more about the current play to the Jets, a look ahead to the trade deadline and more. Let's bring in Ken now to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Ken, uh, I did not expect to be talking to you in Arizona today, <laughs> but yet here we are. How are, how are things progressing as you try to get back for tonight's big game? Yes, that's the uh, latest edition of uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles is off to a pretty fortuitous start, I would say. Uh, you know, we're both we're wrestling fans uh, and, you know, to a degree, maybe still are. So uh, the parts unknown, we would be announced maybe coming into the ring from parts unknown today. But uh, yes, our circuitous route due to the storms in Toronto and Minneapolis brought a the only way to get back to Winnipeg with two flights instead of three or four was a direct five-and-a-half-hour flight from uh, Newark, New Jersey, to Arizona Sky Harbor, followed by a Uber ride over to around the Gateway Airport for the AM Direct on Swoop Airlines to Winnipeg. So, yes, the, uh, the East Coast Eastern Conference trip uh, ended with a stop in Arizona, but not so I could play golf or anything of that magnitude. It was just so that we could try to get home in time for the game against the Avalanche uh, because our good friends... Um, at Delta rebooked us for a Sunday afternoon flight uh, for one that was supposed to transpire on Thursday. So uh, that that was not going to be a, a great setup. Us missing two games was, especially this time of year, uh, was not ideal or optimal. So fortunately, we found a uh, lengthy but sort of more direct route, uh, if you will, even though it was a bit of a circuitous path. Well, I wouldn't have blamed you if you tried to squeeze a couple extra days out in Phoenix. But bottom line is, huge, huge game tonight with a lot on the line for the Winnipeg Jets. Before we get to tonight, let's go back. You were on the road with the club. Obviously, it did not go the way that they wanted. I mean, a real tough third period in Jersey, the loss to Columbus, and then, uh, you know, a game that was eminently winnable but did not go their way. Um, How would you categorize the mood around the team? Obviously, not great when you lose three of four, but also... Um, what you heard from Rick Bonus? We've talked how his kind of approach and what he's had to say a little different right now than maybe what we've been accustomed to hearing after similar performances earlier in the season. Yeah, no doubt, has it's super interesting. I mean, I think the players, the mood still is mostly in a good place. I would say I don't see a lot of you know. I do see frustration for sure, but I don't see a lack of belief, and that's important. Uh, but when it comes to Rick Bonus, Hus, it's interesting. Sean and I have been talking about this quite a bit, uh, you know, both on and off the air. Uh, while we spent some time on the road together here, it, the messaging has definitely changed. Uh, you can tell there's a there's a difference in like there's still a very much a directness from Rick Bonus, but the tone I think has changed. Uh, whether that's the tone he's taking with his players or not, that's I, I I would still say he's been pretty direct with them. But Rick looks like a guy who's trying to instill confidence in his group. Where before he was asking, and I'm not saying his expectations have been lowered, Hus. But it feels like the delivery of the me- – he doesn't want to put too much on their plate. You know, whereas before it was 
take pride and take responsibility in battling for first place. Now he basically wants to see them get back on. Like he, they're still very much in the race, but I think his messaging has been more to do with like focusing in, drilling down on the details, and getting back to the style of play that was so effective when they were able to rattle off a bunch of wins and get themselves back in the mix for first place in the central. And they're still very much in that place. But a lot of that has to do, Huss, with the fact that Dallas has won just two times in the last 10 games. So this stretch of going 6-8 and for the Jets hasn't hurt them in the standings. But it feels like they're getting away from some of the things they were getting so much better at earlier in the year, whether that's activating their defense or, for me, more specifically, the structure with which they're playing. I mean, we saw those 30 slot shots against the Rangers. That number is way too high. They were much better defensively against the Islanders. But let's not pretend it's the same level of firepower that you're going up against in that scenario. And, you know, against the Devils, sure, the Devils are on a back-to-back. They still look fast. So to me, there's a couple things, Huss. The Jets are not playing with as much speed uh, in terms of their reads and their ability to react. And the bigger issue for me, like how many times, like the next drinking game will be when you hear someone say self-inflicted wounds, right? Take a shot every time you hear someone, whether it's a player or Rick Bonus, say self-inflicted wounds. Don't drive afterwards. No, exactly. (laughs) Right? Like, and he's right. I'm not saying he's not, he is definitely correct. But at some point, you got to correct those self-inflicted wounds, Huss, right? Because most of them are coming on turnovers at inopportune times and in inopportune areas. Now, we know the most recent one came on a four-on-four. Now, it's not that Mason Appleton made the wrong play. You know, when Nikola Ehlers is attacking from behind you with speed, a drop pass is often a smart play. But you have to be 100% sure in the read he's going to make and in terms of where you drop the puck so he can skate on onto it and probably blow by the defender. As it turns out, Brock Nelson got going the other direction and, and you know, Sebastian Ajo, the other Sebastian Ajo, uh, scored the goal there at a time where, I mean, just a couple games earlier, people were up in arms with Nikolai Ehlers' low ice time and the fact he wasn't on the ice uh, for that 4-on-4 four four against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, you know, again, this isn't about pointing fingers or anything else, but, I mean, turnovers at the offensive or defensive blue line, I mean, we're talking about everyone knows that, but those are places that you can't turn the puck over. Uh, and it was a costly one because it kind of, in a lot of ways, it kind of turned the game around. The Jets, I, I wouldn't say we're in total control, but they definitely were playing well up to that point. And then after that, they really, I mean, they had some chances against Sorokin, but they didn't really get back to, you know, a, the speed game that we've seen them play so often. And that's the other part. I mean, the, the, the lack of goals during this stretch. I mean, 33 goals in 14 games. Huss, this, the Jets are an offensive team. We know they're not getting enough from the third and fourth lines, but the top six guys aren't really cruising right now either. Well, I mean, everyone's been uh, sort of looking up at the sky at some point, whether it was a missed opportunity, a missed net, a big save. Um, And we've spent a lot of time talking about the bottom six, but um, you're exactly right. I mean, the big difference in that New York game against the Rangers, other than obviously the brilliance of Connor Hellebuck, was um, a few of those ones went in, ironically, against Ilya Shesterkin, of all people. But I I think back to the puck management and the self-inflicted wounds. I mean, you look at the game, the goals against in the Islander game, and, I mean, the most glaring example of this was the third period against the New Jersey game. I mean, this was 
um, you know, if you just do the simple things and get it out of your zone as opposed to over puck handle, make a poor decision, a poor pass, we're not talking about the same level of angst probably in the fan base and certainly within the team right now as the team comes back for this monster game against the Avs tonight. Yeah, bang on, Huston. I mean, that it's interesting to say, like, you know, that was a road trip where, I mean, you could argue, you know, based on the schedule advantages, the Jets probably were thinking maybe at least two and two and prop potentially even three and one, right? If they had put things together, Barzell getting hurt. But it's just another great example of, you know, you, you think one thing because, oh, it should be this way because, and, you know, now all of a sudden the Islanders are playing. Of course, they're not better without Matthew Barzell, but they have, we're talking about structure with the Jets, Huss. You know what the Islanders have? Defensive structure, and they play their behinds off all the time. So when they're missing their most effective offensive weapon, they have someone like Simon Holmstrom who comes in and scores the GW, right? I mean, that's what the Jets got to get back to, Huss. They got to get back to playing to their identity because right now, I mean, they're an offensive team that's not scoring goals. And with all the improvements they've made defensively, there are still been nights where they're A, either missing coverage assignments or B, not managing the puck well enough and that's getting them in trouble with those self-inflicted wounds that we mentioned previously. So, I mean, I think the Jets are playing hard, and it's, I don't think that they're terribly far off, but they're also not clicking the way that we've been used to seeing them. And, yeah, we know that they had a recently a three-game winning streak, but it, it, it's so interesting to me, Huss, because, you know, I don't think the Jets are probably as good as they were when they were, you know, at their absolute peak. And I also don't think they're as, you know, struggling as badly as they have. Ha- have been at times here during this stretch you know the truth is somewhere in the middle and that's why in my column that i that, that just went up on sports.ca I, I know some folks in the fan base are hesitant now thinking oh well all these other teams boston and the rangers are, are loading up maybe maybe the jets shouldn't go all in now again your the definition of all in is important but to me this is almost like a cry for help like i think kevin sheveldayoff still he's already doubled down to this point he absolutely should be providing help. You know, I'm not saying Timo Meyer or bust here, but the Jets need to upgrade their roster if they feel like they can win multiple rounds. And right now, we've gone from almost thinking about multiple rounds to now the Jets got to actually get through a stretch of playing good enough hockey so that they stay above the playoff line. Right, us? And I mean, I'm not trying to sound the alarm here, but even with the Calgary Flames missing out on a point in Vegas in a game they held the lead in, I mean, they're not that far behind. The Minnesota Wild are within two points, and the Avalanche going into Friday's game are within four and hold three games in hand with two head-to-head meetings to go. So, I mean, you don't have to sound the alarm, but you better be looking around over your shoulder and realizing that there's somebody, you know, objects in the uh, uh, mirror are closer than they appear. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the math is favorable for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and, and the fact that, I mean, if you, I mean, I guess Nashville is still technically in it. I mean, they're without Ryan Johansson, apparently going to be moving players. Um, but really, it seems like it's a nine horse race for eight spots, which, you know, is good. But you're exactly right. I mean, the Flames right now, who are in the ninth spot, are five points back of the Winnipeg Jets right. after last night's action. I mean, uh, this is not a fait accompli by any stretch of the imagination. And I laid this out at the beginning of yesterday's program. 
this schedule that the Winnipeg Jets have over the course of the next 11 dates, including that trip to Carolina, Tampa, Florida, home games against Boston, a back-to-back against Edmonton, this game tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. There's some beast teams coming in here. And um, listen, there's they're not getting results if they're going to continue to play the way that they have over the last little bit. Listen, before we get to the deadline and you know that conversation, uh, a huge topic continues to be an absolutely black hole when it comes to offensive production from that third line. And, you know, Adam Lowry didn't need anyone else to mention it. He sort of started off his comments almost looking inward at himself and that group. Um, where's it gone, Ken? And and is this a matter of Kevin Sheveldayoff needs to get some new bodies in there, or can this be turned around with the personnel that they have right now? Certainly it can't be as bad as it's been for the last month and a half. Yeah, no doubt about that, Huss. I mean, yeah, I mean, 31 games for Lowry, uh, 16 for Morgan Barron, 19 for Saku Manalainen, uh, nine now for Carson Kuhlman. I mean, Stenland, it's been a while for him, I think eight or nine. It, it, it's been too long for sure for this group. And yes, there have been some nights where the chances have been there, Huss, but they're not generating enough, right? We always talked about uh, treading water in, in the Paul Maurice era. And, you know, right now, you know, it's not it's not just the fourth line treading water. I mean, the third line's doing an, a very good job for the most part in terms of the checking matchups. But right now they got to get going offensively. Uh, we know there's been some, you know, transition with the lines and everything else. But, uh, I mean, the reason Adam brought it up is because he knows he has to give more and he has more to give. So, I mean, that line generated some opportunities against the Islanders. And I'm still trying to figure out how, I mean, I don't think it was just Sorokin. There were a couple of, in that mad scramble, Either the puck bounced over Nate Schmidt's stick or it hit someone in the shin pads or, you know, there were, you know, there was a wild flurry there where, again, it's not, we're not that far removed from Lowry banking a shot off the post. And, you know, people, you know, sometimes in our market make fun of empty net goals, but sometimes it's as simple as getting an empty net goal that helps you feel good about yourself again, whether that's Lowry or someone else. So, uh, I mean, I think that the person, the Jets are always looking for, I think, a middle six forward to begin with. Um, and I think they were probably looking for a fourth line player as well. So, I mean, I, I think those those things are still in play. And in a lot of ways, I think they're still required. Uh, but, I mean, again, I, I think that we've seen it down the stretch. I mean, Adam Lowry's second half last year was exceptional. His first half this year, at least the first 30 games, were very good. So I expect Lowry to get going and to be a double-digit guy. I mean, can he still get to 15? I mean, that's going to take a massive hot streak. Regardless, the Jets need more from their bottom six. And I expect part of that to come from an addition uh, in a trade here coming up. And I mean, we've the interesting thing we've seen now in a couple of these deals has we've seen guys traded in pairs right now, whether that's, you know, Achari and O'Reilly or now yesterday Orloff and, and Hathaway. So I wonder if there's, you know, some sort of package deal, um, you know, potentially on the horizon. We know recently uh, Nick Schmaltz's name has come up. I've always thought that Nick Bukestad is a very good fit for the Jets, a guy that could play on the third line probably, uh, center or wing, depending on what the scenario unfolds. Uh, but again, Barbashev to me still, I mean, remains a very important target for the Jets. He could play in that middle six role and give some offense and some physical nature. Um, boy, oh boy, and sorry to sorry to veer off the track here, but how about Craig Berube uh, unloading with both? We talk about the messaging changing. Whoa. Wow, that was uh, that was an absolute uh, nuclear bomb uh, dropped into the laps of the remaining skilled players with the St. Louis Blues. And Huss, we know this. I mean, 
Craig Brube is no 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 stranger to truth serum, but you're not unloading like that if you are think you're on the verge of having your job title removed. Uh, this is a guy who's confident in his standing, and he sent a very very stern message. And I like if you're a Blues player and you don't respond with passion. Oh boy, I, I would not want to be in those shoes. Hey, for uh, for podcast listeners that can't see this, this was Barubi's quote last <laughs> night. Our best players don't play with any passion, no emotion, and no inspiration at all. They don't play inspired hockey. You cannot play in this league without emotion, grit, being inspired. They're getting paid lots of money, and they're not doing the job. End of story. That is as much of a nuke into uh, a dressing room as I've heard from a head coach in a long time. And, you know, it is funny. And obviously Rick Bonus has never come out and said anything um, maybe that headline worthy. But there's been a number of times it has been referred to that this team needs to get that emotion and that passion dating back to the start of the year. And uh, I'm not going to say that it wasn't and it hasn't been there because I think it's been, but almost in a more stressful or almost negative way. I mean, just because things haven't been going well, Um, but Barubi is right. And so is Rick bonus. You need to be engaged. You need to have that emotion. The emotion levels may be tough to carry through an entire 82 games, uh, but I think they've been running a little low on that over the course of the last few weeks. Yeah, no doubt. And honestly, you know, the Jim Thomas and Maddie DeFranks did a great job of, and, you know, Jeremy Rutherford and the, the folks in the St. Louis market uh, did a great job of capturing the moment on the tweets. But honestly, whether you're a fan of hockey or a fan of the blues or a fan of anything, you know, entertainment, watch the video that was posted from Craig Berube because the words while stern don't match the intensity with which they were delivered. Uh, so, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's so interesting, right? We're at a time where, you know, you know, coaches, the psychology of coaches is super interesting because there, there are often times where when a team is playing well, you actually have to see coaches play the bad cop. Like knowing that they, they get too comfortable, now the Jets in a bit of a funk, you actually have to actually maybe do the, you know, pump the tires portion of the program where, you know, arm around them and, you know, reinforce the good habits and all those things. Whereas, you know, some, sometimes you think it's the opposite. When a team is struggling, the coach needs to be harder on them. Yes, sometimes that's true. But sometimes that's when they need the repairing of the confidence to occur. I think the best example of that was after the win in New York. I mean, that was Connor Hellebuck. And it was really interesting to see Bones afterwards really focusing on the things that went well. Because there's been some games where the Jets have won earlier this season. Not often in that fashion. But he's been very clear saying that's not the way we need to play to win hockey games. He did not do that right now. And I'm sort of with you. I think there is a bit of confidence building that the coaching staff is trying to do right now through this adversity that they've been uh, been dealing with. For sure, Hassan. I mean, we know that coaches, players, management, they all hate to talk about past years, whether there's been success or, you know, failure to live up to expectations. But, I mean if you're a member of the hockey team that's been in the core group, I mean, would it not be almost impossible to ignore? I mean, we know how great the Jets played down the stretch in 17-18. We also know that they didn't play well down the stretch the following year, and it led to an early exit. We know there have been struggles down the stretch after hot starts. So, I mean, I think it's human nature 
to remember some of those things. But I also think this group has, and this is not a doom and gloom proclamation. I think that those members of the core group also are mature and experienced enough now to know, to see the signs before the unraveling begins. And I, I understand some folks can say it's already begun, but to me, I think this group is more capable of being able to stop the slump or the, you know, speed bumps or hiccups or whatever you want to call them, you know, before we get to game 82 on the schedule for the Winnipeg Jets and other teams. So that's how I view it, Huss. But again, it's action that is required. It's action from the players themselves, from the general manager, from all parties involved here, because the Jets don't want to have the disappointment hanging over them again in a year where, you know, the West is wide open and there is a massive opportunity to, for them to do something special if they can correct a couple of these correctables, right? So uh, to me, like I said, I, I don't expect the Jets to fall off a cliff here. I don't expect them to fall out of the playoffs. But, I mean, they need to turn it around quickly or else if they put themselves in a wild card discussion, now all bets are off, right? Not only do you, if they don't finish, you know, whatever, it's, it's going to be a tough matchup in the first round regardless, provided they ensure they make it. But whether it's Colorado or Dallas or, I mean, the last thing the Jets want to do is turn a, you know, first round matchup against Seattle or Vegas or L.A. where you have that just ridiculous travel, right? I mean, the, the travel is going to be challenging for them anyway unless they play Minnesota. But you don't want to put yourself in a spot where you make life more difficult than it needs to be. Having said that, I mean, you're right. This stretch of games is not only against teams that are playing, you know, that are battling their teams that are really found their stride and are, you know, basically, you know, playing some of their best hockey of the season. So right now the jets have to find a way to match that. And right now they haven't been able to do that enough times of late. Um, now let's get back to Kevin Sheveldayoff's situation. Um, going into a, a week today, uh, the trade deadline. Uh, if you had asked me two weeks ago when we were talking, speaking about Timo Meyer or Jacob Chikrin, trying to maybe look at a big piece and to come in a real difference maker. I'm not sure that the situation hasn't changed right now with the lack of scoring, what we've just been discussing for the last 20 minutes. That Kevin Sheveldayoff, instead of looking at one big piece, might be looking at the assets available, might be looking at a number of bodies, maybe coming in essentially from that second line right down to the fourth line. Um, Where are you on that, Ken? I mean, might we see more additions, maybe just not as high in the lineup because of... Well, what hasn't been happening in the bottom six in particular, but also throughout the club? Yeah, I mean, it's something that I've considered. And from the very beginning, Huss, I mean, I think obviously Timo Meyer has always been the top target here. But without an extension, I mean, I understand some folks are saying pay the price and then worry about it in the summer if he won't sign. Huss, the Jets already have a complicated enough summer. So while Timo Meyer might help them for one playoff run, why would you want to saturate the market potentially having you know, Meyer and Pierre-Luc Dubois with the uncertainty of his future and how trying to find the best deal for both of those guys, potentially. I don't see that as the best scenario. I think I only see Meyer coming to the Jets with the understanding that an extension either is available to them, as in Mike Greer giving permission, or a pretty strong indication that he'd be willing to sign uh, an extension. So 
I mean, I've always wondered about this, whether the Jets would, were always planning on taking the Tampa model or the Colorado model, uh, where you address some specific needs in the roster. And for folks that you know, need a reminder, for the Avalanche, they had enough top six scoring, so they got Arturi Lekkanen, who ended up playing on the top line at times during the playoffs anyway. They got a top four defenseman in Josh Manson. Then they got Andrew Cogliano and Nico Sturm. So, I mean, are the Jets going to shift gears? I don't know. Maybe they were always planning on, you know, multiple pieces. And, I mean, for the for the Lightning, that was Nick Paul this year, right? I mean, their third line needed a boost. They went out and got Nick Paul. They got Brandon Hagel because he had some t- uh, term and, you know, financial stability at $1.5 million. So, I mean, the Jets... The cap is less, you know, less of a concern right now than it has been in years past where they've been in LTIR. And I understand folks saying that, oh, well, Kevin Sheveldoff's just banking all this cap room so that he can maximize for north of $10 million in salary on, by March 3rd. Well, that's all well and good as long as the players that you want are still available, right, Huss? I mean, it's one thing to bank, but you don't want to be banking with the leftovers in the game of musical chairs. So uh, I do think there is, to a degree, the Jets, I, to me, it's the same. They were always going to be looking for a top six forward. They were always going to be looking or middle six forward. And I thought they were going to try to upgrade their fourth line. But the thing I've been hearing more and more of the last stretch, I think they would like to upgrade on the back end as well. But I would also say that there have been times in the road trip where I think Neil Pionk played better. I mean, he had a couple of rough games, but I think he also had a, you know, a stretch where he was a little bit more engaged and involved and I thought he was moving. I thought the game against the Islanders, he was skating the best that he had. Uh, you know, you know, I, I'm thinking I'm, I got to make sure that the game was right. I think it was the game against. The I like this game against the Rangers. The Rangers, honest, sorry, the game against the Rangers I liked also, and then a game against the Islanders. I thought he was moving his feet pretty well. Also, getting back to that physical, you know, guy that they've had. But to me, Pareko has the reason I mentioned Pareko, and again, it would be complicated. It's seven more years. He's going to yeah. turn 30 in May. I get it. But the one thing with Pareko that is not the same as some of these other guys. Late bloomer Huss, Alberta Junior League guy. I think college after that. So he doesn't have the same kind of mileage on that body. So maybe he would age a little bit. The aging curve is probably to his benefit, but I understand he's a big guy and there's, you know, who knows, but he's been pretty healthy for the most part. Um, And again, he changed. So what have we been talking about? The Jets have so much of the same thing on the back end. And this isn't just about size with Pareko for all the folks that want to make their Twitter memes about he's tall. Colton Preco is a winner. He's a character player. He's from the Prairies, uh, and he's got a huge shot from the point. He he basically would be bringing a lot of the things that the Jets don't have on the back end. That's why I think he would be someone that would be of interest. But, I mean, no trade, you know, partial no move right now, so it would be complicated. But if you're Colton Pareko, and, and, you know, it's been a bit of a down year for him, and Craig Berube has, you know, I don't know that he was necessarily talking about him yesterday, but if he feels like he was... Now, all of a sudden, maybe there's more incentive to maybe be open to waving like Paul Stasty did in 2018. But again, there's, there's tons of targets. Uh, has, you know, what, interesting, too. We saw Washington make a move. I was talking with Stephen Wino. Uh, you know, he made a cameo appearance uh, in New York. We were able to have lunch. Uh, what about Lars Eller, Huss? I mean, we talk about a you know, middle six kind of player. Uh, you know, I think he had his most productive game against the Jets. Was didn't he have a three or four goal game against them one night? Yeah. He's a he's a responsible penalty killer, pretty decent at the faceoffs, can play center or wing. He's not the high high end talent, but he has some he has some Lekkonen like 
qualities, I would say, Huss, in the right system and fit. So to me, that's a guy who maybe makes sense for a team that seems to be uh, putting up the for sale sign. And I would say the cost of acquisition probably a little bit lower. I'm not saying that's the Jets' primary target by any stretch, but as a complimentary piece, I could see there being some value in a Lars Eller. You know, even dating back, they would have known him a bit from his time with St. Louis too, right? So uh, he would be a guy that's maybe entered the chat, if you will, uh, in the last couple of days. And it's super interesting, and I'm very fascinated to see what happens um, with the Nashville Predators. Um, I'm not saying right now is a great time for Matthias Ekholm, but we know the Jets were interested in him in the past, just like Gavrikov. We know the Jets were interested in him in the past. He's a rental. Ekholm would be a longer-term fit. Again, big, strong guy, experienced, has been to the Stanley Cup final. And another one that I, Sean Reynolds and I were discussing, too, on this road trip, what about someone like Matt Duchesne, Huss? Whether it's now or in the summertime, uh, if the Predators are going to entertain more of a rebuild, I mean, he's a guy with term. He's got lots of experience in the Central Division. Uh, he may have some trade protection as well. I'm not 100% certain with that. But he's a guy who produces you know, not as much offense as he did last year, but he's been a consistent performer. He's got some term. Now, again, there may be some convincing in it being a good fit, but uh, that's another name that I kind of been wondering about. But I expect this next week we're going to start hearing a lot more names from a lot more places, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. There's a cameo from Mike McIntyre in the background here. <laughs> you too, geez. If only we could have had the uh, the John Candy and Steve Martin cam <laughs> on you guys throughout this entire ordeal. Uh, you know, Duchesne's an interesting interesting guy to mention i mean three more years at eight million i'm just looking at cap friendly and it doesn't say that there's any no trade okay. to, uh, oh right and, sorry because nashville doesn't offer a lot of protection in well, terms of the and, deals, and that's right? a whole so, nother story i mean you know yeah. we've heard elliot friedman talk about the job that shevelday has probably the toughest in the league because of um essentially i mean a straight up unfair playing field when it comes to how many guys have winnipeg on that list and that's right. certainly an issue that you know they're dealing with on a daily basis. And just quickly, as we leave, Ken, it is uh, you know when you look at what's happened so far in the league, uh, I've kind of been joking that right now the two conferences is the varsity and JV. Well, the varsity GMs have all been making moves. All of the action's been in the East, and you do wonder when teams in the West start going at it, how aggressive they'll be and whether that begins sooner or we get closer to the deadline. Uh, it's going to be a real interesting week. going to be an interesting day for you guys. Travel safe. Fingers crossed. We'll see you at the rink tonight. And uh, obviously a huge one for the Winnipeg Jets. Get back in front of the home crowd in a huge matchup against the Colorado Avalanche who, uh, who are coming for the rest of the Central Division. Well, it's not often that the games in the 50s uh, are called the biggest game of the year by the head coach, Rick Bonus. but he said it the other night. And this wasn't a Belichickian, it's the biggest of the year because it's the next one and on yeah. to Cincinnati. Uh, he feels that his team really needs it. Uh, when it comes to the Western teams, this is what we know. Vegas has cap room. Kelly McCrimmon is going to be adding. Uh, Dallas is interested in making moves. Whether you know what's going to happen with Patrick Kane? Yes, the Rangers are back into the mix. Apparently, uh, you know, reading what Larry Brooks and now Molly Walker have had to say on that front uh, in the last couple of days here. Dallas, I think, is a team that's going to be active. Jim, you know, Jim Nill has said he doesn't want to move his first round pick for a rental, but I think they're looking to add. They know their window is now as well, so I think they're, they're you know great rebound season from Jamie Ben. They're going to be adding. And the fascinating team for me has to be a team like Seattle, right? I mean, they're probably ahead of schedule after a tough expansion year. 
you know, how many chips are they pushing in? How many chips are the LA Kings pushing in? And also, what are the are the Flames doubling down after making those offseason transition moves? So, man, I'm with you. It's going to be a fun week ahead. Uh, we'll look forward to the the hit next Friday as we break it all down. And yeah, I can't wait for the weekend. Should be a fascinating time. And uh, let's uh, fingers crossed that we make it home. I hope you have a, fun, a wonderful weekend, Huss, and always great to be with you, my friend. Thanks, Weaver. Travel safe. We'll see you at the ring tonight. Fingers crossed. Be well. Take care, my man. All right, good stuff with Weaver. Hopefully he and Mike get back in time for the game tonight. What a what a milk run those guys are on. Um, hey, all right, we've got an update from the uh, Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. little Princess Auto curling report. And uh, Jen Jones, proudly sponsored by our friends at Princess Auto, ready to take the ice coming up in the next hour. Manitoba will be playing British Columbia in the two-versus-three game, 2B versus 3A. Winners will advance. And uh, Rachel Holman taking on the Nova Scotia rink, who uh, just made it out of that game versus Caitlin Laws. Um, of course, the uh, McCarville rink and Carrie Anerson will play later on in uh, against the winners of these two matchups tonight and then uh, page playoffs throughout the weekend. Final draw, 8 p.m. on Sunday night. I have a feeling. Dreaming of Jones versus Anderson for uh, for the championship. I think everyone around Manitoba pulling for that now that the Laws rink is out. Of course, our curling reports always brought to you by our friends at Princess Auto. Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop down and see them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West. You can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Big cheers to our friends at Culligan Water, the go-to folks for water products and services for over 65 years as a family-owned business right here in Winnipeg. They've got everything that you and your family need. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. The Culligan folks are located at 1200 Sargent Avenue. Pop down and see them in person. You can give them a call at 694-5180 or check out everything they can do for you and your family online at drinkculligan.com. And hey, the weekend is here. A big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club. I know it's going to be a bit before we're back at IG Field. Cheersing CC and Gingers and maybe grabbing a few Canadian clubs down at the Rum Hut. But in the meantime, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey is ready and waiting for you at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. Make sure to get Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club, on your next visit to your local MLCC. All right. We've had a lot of hockey talk today. But coming up tomorrow night at Investors Group Athletic Center, the latest chapter in the long rivalry between the University of Manitoba Bisons and the University of Winnipeg Westman, and in this case, maybe the biggest stakes they have ever had. A one-game playoff in the Canada West Tournament semifinals. The winner goes to Nationals, expecting a sellout crowd at Investors Group Athletic Center tomorrow and to uh, get us ready for what is really a historic matchup between the two crosstown rivals, we now welcome in Bison head coach Kirby Shep. Kirby, what's going on? Stakes are high tomorrow night. 
Yeah, it's a, certainly a fun time of year. Uh, you know, we're not quite March, but March Madness, as they call it, uh, pressure's ramped up, and it's certainly fun to be uh, fun to be involved in basketball in the city of Winnipeg right now. You know, I'm not exaggerating. This is has to be one of the biggest single games in a long, long time between these two great rivals, and uh, there is a lot on the line. It's the semifinals of the Canada West Final Four, but the winner of this game tomorrow between Winnipeg and Manitoba will go to the national championships. In your case, first time since 2017. Um, first off, a great matchup and a great season for both of these squads. I mean, you couldn't almost write a better story to uh, set up the biggest game in a long time for uh, basketball here in Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, it, it's super exciting. Obviously, both teams have had a great uh, great season. Uh, you know, they're, and, and both teams are young teams. We're going to return a lot of players, and this you know, could be the start of a lot of big games between the two teams but yeah as you mentioned um you know you know i don't try to oversell it but i don't know that um i don't know that there's been a more important or bigger college basketball game played in the city of winnipeg ever and, so. and i mean to be honest i mean we've seen a bunch of format changes this is a single game win and you're in lose and you're done and top it all off. I mean, first of all, congratulations on an incredible season, 18 and two for the Bisons. And I mean, the Westman at 15 and five, both of these teams have had moments over the last 20, 30 years, but to have both of them be so strong this same year, it really sets up a dream matchup tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're really happy with our group and, you know, the way we've competed all year. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, we continue to get better. And, and you know, they certainly had a great year. One of our two losses was to them uh, on our home floor about, a, you know, less than a month ago. So, uh, you know, we, we split with them in the regular season. And, uh, you know, we're certainly hoping to avenge that one. And, yeah, it uh, should be a fun one, certainly, for people coming out to watch. You, uh, you of course, I mean, uh, you know, from here have uh, major ties to both programs. I mean, just for a minute, you said the biggest matchup ever. I mean, you'd be one to know because you've got a heck of a lot of experience both with the Bisman and Westman program and basketball here in Manitoba. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously was, you know, fortunate enough to play at University of Winnipeg in the early 90s and uh, mid-90s. And and actually, you know, you had mentioned it, it's, it's our first time. If we were to win, it would be our first time going back in, you know, five, six years here. But uh, for them, it would be their first time since I played. Actually, 94 was the last time they went to that. Like, making national championship at Can West is no easy feat. It is very, very hard. And, uh, yeah, last time... You know, we did it was, you know, I was waving the towel on the bench in that team. Norm Formel was our superstar. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, going back away. So it's, it was a special moment here. Big Norm, my God. He was, what was he? He, he was, put, was he seven? Seven yeah, feet? Yeah, he was, he was a hair over seven feet, about 290, and was an absolute force. <laughs> oh, man, they don't they don't make them like Norm. Well, they, they actually do, but you just got to get them. And that's a big part of the recruiting that you guys do uh, throughout. Let's talk sure. a little bit about, I mean, last weekend, um, you booked your ticket to this matchup. About 2,800 people at Investors Group Center. I think they're expecting a sellout for tomorrow night's game. Give us a bit of a, a background on this squad and where you guys are at heading into this huge matchup against the Westman. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think we've, you know, just for some expectations, we've probably exceeded them. I'm not sure we exceeded ours necessarily, but uh, we've, uh, we were kind of a young group coming in and we played a really tough preseason schedule, went out east and played some of the best teams in the country and, and really competed well. And that sort of rolled into our season and, uh, 
you know, we've just tried to sort of take it week by week here and, you know, try to really keep improving our club. I mean, we're really, we're a really young team. Uh, out of our 15 guys, we have 12 guys that are in year one or year two eligibility. And, uh, you know, I, I really feel like, you know, we're, we're kind of coming into Rome here at the right part of the season. And, uh, but, you know, it's going to be really tough. As you mentioned, uh, I think we're, you know, most people are walk-ups you know, at our place for most games, but we're already pre-sold over half. And now I think we're about 60, 70% pre-sold. So, uh, you know, we hold 3,200. We're expecting to get there plus, plus, and uh, it's going to be rocking. Last last week's environment as Calgary was loud and people were into it and it was uh it was a fun environment, and uh, we're expecting no less than that. So, you University of Manitoba versus the University of Winnipeg for a trip to the Nationals on the line, 7 p.m. at the Investors Group Athletic Center. Um, what can you tell us about the Westman? I mean, this is also a relatively young team, and doing something, as you mentioned, this team hasn't done in a long, long time. A special year for them. Yeah, I mean, they're a very young team, and I mean, they're going to be around for a while here. I mean, they, they've... As you, you know, they've, they've got a bunch of local guys, uh, you know, that are playing really well for them right now. And uh, Don Stewart out of Vincent Massey and Sean Marin and Sisler have really had outstanding seasons. They've really improved. They're bringing a couple of foreign kids that uh, are really young that are also, you know, playing great basketball. And they're tough. They're gritty. They don't beat themselves. They really take care of the ball well. And it, it's, it's certainly going to be a tough challenge for us, you know, coming into this one and you know, trying to find ways to, to gain small advantages, you know, as, as we come through. But, uh, yeah, you know, as I mentioned, we split in the regular season. They beat us in our gym. We beat them in theirs, uh, you know, back-to-back nights, and they were both tough competitive games, and I'm expecting no less here. So, You, you know, I, I do want to ask you just about the rivalry. And, of course, I mean, everything, maybe few things more than college athletics, university athletics, was impacted by the pandemic with cancellations, with no fans. Um, just a thought on the Bison Westman rivalry and what a game like this does to um, maybe fire it up and get it back to where it was, or maybe put it into a space better than ever before, at least on the hard court. Yeah. I mean, the timing is great, right? I mean, sometimes I think, you know, during the once in a century pandemic here, people rightly start to focus on their own lives and, you know, things that are external and things like sports and thing culture and things like that get sort of put to the side and, um, you know, it's kind of a way of saying we're back here and, you know, things are things are a little bit more back to normal. And we just hope people can come out and, you know, enjoy the experience and, and to realize, you know, there's, a, there's an incredible product here. And, uh, you know, it was really cool to see, you know, I had a number of people that I know that, you know, came out even for the first time in the last couple of weeks of some of our big games and, you know, we're really sold on, you know, what an incredible time this is. And, uh yeah, you know what, man, we're, we're trying not to, to look too much about that external stuff and just, you know, keep it about executing and winning right now. And But we'll reflect on that a lot afterwards, I'm sure. Well, uh, one thing that I'm sure you can speak on is the um, incredible talent that this city and this province is producing right now. I heard Wyatt Tate in an interview uh, coming out of last week's big win for your squad Speaking about, you know, when he was watching Bison as a kid, didn't think that many of the players were from around here. And now you look at the rosters of both Manitoba and Winnipeg. And, I mean, there's a lot of local talent that not only is on the squad, but making big, big contributions to the success of both teams. Yeah, and I'll tell a short story about um, when I was, uh, before I was the coach here and I was the high school coach and I was going to watch, you know, those Winnipeg and Manitoba play. And, you know, a lot of times guys didn't want to play. 
you know, guys didn't want to stay home and play. And I, I, I ran into a, a young man who was a good high school player, but not an unbelievable high school player. He was a top 10 high school player in the province. And I asked him, you know, hey, we were watching Winnipeg versus Manitoba. And I said, you hope to play for one of these teams all right one day? And he said, no, not these two teams. I'm hoping to go somewhere else. And, I, you know, sort of like imagine that. And now it's sort of things have changed a little bit, right? Now it's sort of a destination a little bit. Now it is... It is a good thing to stay home, and both programs are running, you know, high-quality basketball programs, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's really great for our city. It's really good for the sport within our city, I think. And uh, yeah, hopefully, the, the the light we're shining right here can uh, can help all of that. Well, obviously, a big part of it is the great coaching jobs being done at both schools. But I, I do have to ask you just about the the sport at a grassroots level here in Winnipeg? Is it mostly here with improved high school programs? Or, I mean, does this go down to kids that are starting the game early, getting involved in more elite programs and producing better athletes and better basketball players that can come and represent the Westman and the Bisons? Yeah, I think it's a, it's an interesting uh, change really in our city. Like, really, the demographic of our city has changed. Absolutely. Right? I mean, you, you, you walk into, like, I went and uh, I was scouting uh, – Fort Richmond versus John Taylor, and uh, it was a packed crowd of, uh, you know, people. And I'll tell you what, high schools look very different than when you and I went to high school in the city of Winnipeg, and the demographic has changed. And that's awesome, and it's made our city more vibrant and more, uh, you know, diverse, and it's been really cool, and I think it's really helped our game. And, uh, you know, and and I think, you know, the club programs have really improved, and, you know, right up through from Winnipeg Minor up to a really competitive club system run through Peg City and Basketball Manitoba. You know, our game is uh, is really growing, and uh, you know it's great to see. And then hopefully the, the talent keeps keeps coming up through that. So uh, when you uh, speak to the guys beforehand, um, you know what is the message? I, I'm sure this is not just a regular game. The stakes are so high. You've got your arch rivals on the other side of the court. Um, a big opportunity for a squad that's had such a great year. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to need any firing up. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so, if anything, if anything, kind of bringing the temperature down a little bit, and just you know, for us, it's a, it's about focusing on the right things here, being really clear about you know what our game plan is and what we're trying to execute here, and you know, taking care of business, uh, you know, possession by possession. For us, you know, we've had a very consistent message all year with our guys, and uh, in order to be great, we just got to be really good all the time, and we're you know, we're just going to take it, you know kind of one play at a time to already be trite there and but uh you know just sort of really focus on what we're doing in the moment so well you can say one game at a time because one game is what it's going to take to get to at the national championships for the first time since 2017 this is going to be awesome folks if you uh, don't have plans on saturday night make them bison's westman 7 p.m for a trip to the national championships and curb listen i mean i'm a bison guy friend of yours so i'm pulling for the brown and gold but i have to say just as an observer and a sports fan um i'm really excited about this game and it's just great to see both programs in such a good position and uh good luck to you good luck to the westman and may the best team win thanks buddy appreciate it how about that tomorrow igac will be rocking seven o'clock bison's westman you heard it from kirby the biggest game ever between these two teams and if UBC beats Vic in the other semifinal, um, either the Westman or Bisons would host the Can West Championship game next weekend. But the bottom line is a trip to Halifax in the national championship on the line tomorrow. The latest chapter in the storied rival 
a story rivalry between uh, the Bisons and the Westmen. As I mentioned, I'm a Bison guy. I'm cheering for them, but I just hope it'll be a great game. And it certainly sounds like it's going to be a madhouse tomorrow on the South Campus. Get out there if uh, if you want to support, but get your tickets uh, early. As Kirby mentioned, they're uh, probably going to be selling out far earlier than they ever have before for uh, for this tilt. Weekends here, folks. Friday night, just got a text from some of the guys. Beer time? Well, it's not quite beer time yet. Might have a couple 1919s before the game tonight, though. Of course, Winnipeg's favorite local beer is Little Brown Jug. Great supporters of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Might be a great spot to pop by before the game tonight down at the Brewery and Tap Room on William Avenue. You can try all the great Little Brown Jug offerings. Of course, most fine bars and restaurants will have the iconic 1919 on tap. You can also grab 1919, the Good Times Variety Pack, and everything that Little Brown Jug has to offer at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts or anywhere that sells great beer. Don't forget, save the date, March 29th is going to be the second Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia Night at Little Brown Jug. We should have tickets available to be reserved next week. Stay tuned to WST for that. And, uh, hey, a little cold outside, but you want to spice up your burger game? Why don't you hit up Nick and Nikki DQ for one of the amazing new flamethrower burgers, one of six new delicious stack burgers available at your local DQ. And when you're there, you might want to jump on one of those delicious blizzards, maybe uh, ice cream novelties, maybe some dilly bars for the kids at home. They've got it all. Hey, if you're thinking about a DQ ice cream cake or blizzard cake for a little party or gathering you've got coming up, of course, you can get them in person at any Nick and Nicky DQ, or you can order online. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll get it custom made for you for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and the DQ over on St. Anne's. All right. Marbles registration is open, folks. Don't forget, you have to be subscribed to our YouTube channel to win. So make sure you've hit that red subscribe button. It certainly helps us uh, promote our channel on YouTube and get some more eyeballs coming in and hopefully finding us for the first time and sticking around. And of course, while you're at it, as we get ready for marbles, hit that thumbs up as well. Got to get to 200 by the time we uh, we drop the marbles. Also helps us spread the channel. So you subscribe, you thumbs up, you put exclamation mark marbles, hang tight. We will drop them in a few minutes after we get to the cool bet lines. But let's get Remus back in here. And Remo, I know we've talked a lot of hockey, but uh, that basketball game tomorrow night is going to be unreal. Yeah, we've talked. We've talked a lot about, um, you know, how Winnipeg is becoming a basketball city with uh, CEBL coming, and I think people are fired up here. Uh, 3,200 for Westman versus Bison's, what you call it, IGAC? Yeah, Investors uh, Group Athletic I've never Center. heard that. You, people call that, or is that a first-time thing for you? Uh, no, no, no. People call it, well, put it this way. <laughs> having been to the university as a student, having worked for Bison Sports before moving over to TSN, um, yeah, that was. Uh, it's a, a lot easier thing. than saying Investors Group Athletic Center. That's I, a little. That's a local term on the South Campus for uh, for Investors Group. Yes, IGAC. IG. Yeah, I guess that's way. That's way. So, 
Um, yeah, it sounds like an awesome time to want to see some ball and winter going on to the Nationals. So great, to, great chatting with Kirby. That was great. That was awesome. Yeah, and, and I mean, listen, I mean, obviously, people will have their own side. There's our why not question of the day for you in the chat. Who you got, Westman or Bisons? Who do you roll with when the two local universities go head to head? You know, 18 and two for the Bisons, 15 and five for the Westman. They split their season series 1-1. I mean, uh, it is going to be awesome. And I know our good friend Ed Tate will be playing the role of nervous dad in the crowd. His son Wyatt's had a monster season for uh, for the Bisons and uh, one of the most important players in their big win last week to get to this point. Um, let's get to the cool bet lines here before we talk marbles and drop marbles for our Friday marble race here on WST. And uh, we go to the National Hockey League tonight. Interesting, Remo, the line for tonight's game is really tight. Jets, minus 105, Colorado, minus 111. Um, Hey, the Jets have been great against the West. The Jets have been great at home. They have a couple wins already over the the Colorado Avalanche. There's no Kale McCarr. I know there's a lot of people maybe feeling uh, some stress and nerves about this game, but um, follow the money. Should be a tight one. Anyone's game. Why not the Winnipeg Jets tonight? I'm looking at Money Puck. They have their percentages and their projections. Here we are, 53% for the Jets, Huss. Nice. They, they think the Jets. So as, you know, Lori Love and Life was in chat during that, that conversation with Ken. And she said, guys, what's with all this negativity? The Jets have the most wins in the Western Conference right now. They're in a playoff yeah, right, spot. Lori. We need to, you know, I see T. Will in here. Uh, so negative all the time about the Jets and come on, T. Will, lighten up, buddy. Sometimes we have to look at you know the reality that they are firmly in a playoff spot, and yeah, they haven't played great the last bit, but they played great before. Why can't they, you know, bring back the quote unquote vibes from the first from I don't know before January one? Um, this is still a pretty pretty good hockey team, and they beat Colorado before. Why can't they do it again, Hustlers? So. Well, exactly. I'm. I'm. I can't wait to be in the building tonight. I'm going to be up in the 300s. Um, hopefully, uh, the crowd will show up loud and proud and get behind the squad. And as I mentioned with Billick, um, nothing could get the crowd going and the team going more than maybe getting one early on in the game tonight. I do have an exclusive in the Cool Bet exclusives tonight. We hit the we hit the Nikolai Ehlers goal last game, but unfortunately, the Jets didn't win. Um, if you like the Jets' chances tonight, here's what I've got cooking for you. The Jets to win. Total goals over five and a half in tonight's game. And Kyle Connor to score. That one in the bet builder was plus 450. It boosted it up to plus 560. Um, so, as I said, you've got the option right there. Kyle Connor to score. Jets to win over five and a half. If all that comes in, uh, plus 560 on the Hustlers exclusive today over at the Cool Bet exclusives. As far as the rest of the matchups tonight, Carolina, big favorite, minus 246 at home against the Sens. Dusty and I are both on the Canes on the uh, puck line tonight to win by two. And the Buffalo Sabres, what a win by Buffalo last night. You know, I'm sort of keen on them on the eastern side of things. Massive matchup, Buffalo against Florida. Both of these teams are going to be feeling that this is a must-win. Sabres plus 156, road underdogs, Panthers minus 185. Uh, the Flyers minus 159 favorites against Les Canadiens. That game taking place in Philly. 
And uh, I know many of you hate the Leafs. Not tonight. Go Leafs, go. Toronto, minus 200 favorites to the Minnesota Wild, who beat the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. And while we're at it, go Islanders. Islanders taking on the LA Kings. Islanders minus 132. Kings plus 112. And then uh, that final game, the late late game today is actually uh, not that late. 7 o'clock start here. Colorado and the Winnipeg Jets. And just before we get to uh, top of the hour, if you're with us live right now and you do want to get a little sprinkle in on the uh, curling, Jen Jones, minus 323 favorite. Rachel Holman, minus 400 favorite. Put those together, minus 157 for both of them to win. Uh, And, of course, they'll have lines up throughout the weekend for all of the action at the Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. Use the promo code WST on your first deposit if you haven't played a cool bet before for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. I like that. I lo- Thank you, Lori Loving Life. I've got a, a nice jolt of positivity and now firmly looking forward to dropping the puck tonight and hopefully it should be a great night at the rink room. Friday night against divisional rival. Okay, which, which narrative... Are you a moron? Are you more on the Jets? Or, what, sorry, first game back from a road trip or the Avs? We're going over these in chat. First game off a long layoff. I'm going, I don't know. I think the the home team's got the advantage here tonight in terms of narrative, narrative oh, street. Hey, one thing I did want to do before we finished up um, with these, these odds is take a look at the goal props for some of the Winnipeg Jets, <laughs> especially the guys that haven't scored in a long time. Ehlers They're came due. through for us last week, uh, last game at plus 250. Let's go down the list. Where is, jo- where is Adam Lowry? Adam Lowry, plus 550. Morgan Barron, plus 570. Saku Menelainen, plus 630. And then a few of the defensemen. Dylan DeMello. DeMello plus 1050. Pionk plus 770. I don't even really mind that. Carson Kuhlman plus 610. He's Sam listed. Gagne. Sam Gagne plus 530. Josh Morrissey plus 480. Big game coming up. And Mason Appleton plus 450. So, uh, yeah, if you do want to get on one of the long-suffering Jets to break their streak. Uh, you got some pretty big numbers uh, over there at CoolBet uh, if uh, you're looking at a straight-up goal prop for tonight. Yeah, Josh Morrissey's always interesting. Uh, you know, Mason Appleton is on the top line, so for a guy who's just getting that ice time with talented players, plus 450's fine. And, I mean, yeah, then you got your regular top guys. If you want to go for a long shot, Adam Lowry, beyond, beyond due. Are we, we on him? Uh, Lowry, yeah, Lowry, plus 550. I'm going to throw 10 on him tonight. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, would, would make be, it happen. Would be nice. Um, all right, last call for marbles, everyone. If you just popped in quickly, exclamation mark marbles. Let's go. Let's have a little fun to finish off a fun week on WST and uh, get some good vibes going into this hockey game tonight. Uh, where, uh, where, where where should we go today, Reem? Well, let me grab... Grab the list. We got how many do we have in? 188? 188. Nicely done. Nicely done. Do we have anyone that we need to? I think we got to put Kenny Lawler in after his visit with us uh, on the show this week. Yeah. Ke- Grab all these. 189. 
actually, in, yeah, you can grab those. You know who else we should put in for uh, for the marbles? For some good vibes going into the weekend? Jen Jones and Carrie Anderson. Got to have another Manitoba champion at the Scotties, whether it's Carrie making it four in a row or whether it's Jen back on top again but with her new team. I think marble a marble for each of them would be uh, would be nice to 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 go into the weekend along with Kenny Lawler. Yeah, I saw a lot of people in chat uh, cheering on Caitlin Laws, who uh, he lost, right? So uh, two Manitoba teams remaining. Yeah, unfortunately, Caitlin's out. So uh, and it came right down to an extra end with the hammer. That'll be a, that'll be a tough one to swallow. But um, as I said, I had the. Carrie Anderson, Jen Jones final prop at the beginning of it. We're still alive. And T. Kona Pauly and I have our bet. T. Kona is all over. No, Rachel Holman's not getting a marble, T. Kona Pauly. Just the Manitoba teams. Just the Manitoba teams. Um, all right, well, we'll get to that. Do, you want, do we want to uh, maybe hear from Tristan Rivers as we transition over to the official beginning of Marbles, Reem? Yeah, let me just... So I got Jen Jones, Carrie Anderson, Kenny Lawler... Anyone else am I missing? Someone said in chat they wanted to put Teletoon, the channel, in because it was shut down this week after many years in existence. I'm not putting Teletoon in, but uh, but we can we can pour. No. I tell you what, one give out. one for Kirby. Kirby Shep, he just came on with us. Our Friday guests sure. often get one. A little Done. bit of love for uh, for my pal Kirby and uh, wishing them luck in uh, that big game tomorrow. But I know a lot of you riding with the Westman as well. It should be uh, should be a great one. Um, Tristan Rivers music. I'm not sure Tristan is here, but Triver, uh, but uh, Tristan, excuse me, is always here for marbles because we can't start a Friday marble race on WST without a little magic from Tristan Rivers music. It's Friday. Oh, yeah. The Pantera, the Pantera version of the uh, the Marble Race theme. And if you if you missed some of the shows, Tristan, during the 12 Days of Marbles, had a different version of the song for all 12 days of the December promo. That was so much fun. And by the way, shout out to Walter. We just picked his seats, his season tickets. And a special shout out to Joe and the gang at Consolidated Supply for making that entire promo happen in December. Walter is going to be getting ready to rep the blue and gold up in uh, the east side coming up next year. Great seats for our pal Walter. And again, thanks again to Consolidated Supply. All right, Remo, where are we going today? I got the thing open. Ready to rock here. Where do you want to go? What's up, Hustler Llama? I don't know. Let's fire, let's fire it up. Let's see if anything catches uh, catches our eye. We had a, whatever that one we did last week was uh, was fun. Let's see. The coil, coils of power was always a good one. Mountain pass we did last week. Slippery slopes 
was the uh, was the one that we used a couple times during the uh, during the, uh, the oh, big that's tourney. that big long one, yeah, with the skis at the end. With the skis, what's this other long one here? The station coming up, fifty-five. I've never seen that one. The space station. Space station. We done that one before. Uh, I'm not sure. Have we? Maybe. I don't know. Marble's Diner. We've definitely done before. I'm gonna make sure I put the correct list in. This yep, week. that's right. Correct list, please. That helps out. Hit that thumbs up, by the way, folks. Before we drop them, can we get a few more thumbs up, please? We've got 181. We've got a great crowd in here. We've got more than that of just of marbles in the race. So uh, if you haven't already, hit that thumbs up. Help the fellas out. Thank you very much in advance. Brass Balls Blake says, on thin ice in reference to the Jets' current situation. No, no, they're, they're, in, a, they're in a playoff spot. Here, let's check, we can check out Space Station, I guess. You want to check it out? Uh, we've done the space station before. How about uh, what's this? this what's number seven? What's number seventy-two there? Twist. That one's okay. Twists and turns. The boomerang. The boomerang sucks. I think that's number two. Oh, okay. What, is, what are these down here? What's the saber? Number three eleven or number sixty-eight or sixty-five? Let's check it out. Let's check it out. I don't think we've ever done that one before. Let's do a quick look. Make sure that it's an appropriate track. What the heck is oh, this? No. No, 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 no. This is this is just that track we've yeah, done we've before. Seen this is a dumb one. We're out. Saber is not gonna be not gonna be our our uh, our host track today. It's that name. It said Saber. Uh, so I got all fired up here. What am I picking here? Which which one are we doing? We got. How do we do the coils of power? That's always a good one. Sure. All right, folks. So pushing 200 marbles in, our Friday tradition here on WST. Today, we are in the coils of power. Good luck to everyone that has entered. I've got good news on hoodies. We probably won't have your size if you win today, but more are going to be on the way. So uh, hang tight. It might be a couple of weeks before we have one for you. That being said, you got to win first before you worry about the hoodie. Big one tonight, Jets, Avs, before we get to the weekend and finish up Winnipeg Sports Talk, it's Marbles time on WST. Let's go, Remo. All right. The very interesting start of the Coils of Power. Starting out at the top and going into the funnel, everyone. Kevin Kowalak with a master, master start. Way ahead of everybody else. Kochi, pretty nice start there. Alex Howe, I see Chris Call over on the other side. S. James, as I said, this is a bit of a longer one. Long ways to go. Here we go, the coils of power. Oh, Royal Sports. Royal Sports with a nice, uh, nice run so far. Oh, Kenny Lawler thrown over the top rope. Our first elimination. Sorry, Kenny. Thanks for joining us today. Paul Carr just got bounced. Instant noodles taken out. Dan Milburn gone. Oh, Royal Sports had a great start thrown over the top rope. This is a bit of a survival race right now, just trying to get through these first uh, the first corkscrews on the coils of power. Oh, Maul. <laughs> Sorry, Maul. Bye-bye. Kochi, 
Kochi 51, I believe. BA split just got whacked. All right. Kochi's in. Russ Lowen looking pretty good. Alex Hal. Oh, Phyllis just got thrown over the top rope. Running man with a nice stop. Although we got some uh, we got some obstacles here. Kochi's back in first right now. Kochi 51. Cannon Bruce over on the other side and some more tight coils with Kochi. Greg Hasbeek bounced. Wow. Tough, tough day for Greg and the Royal Gang. Two eliminations from that building so far today. Uh, looks like Kochi still has a very slight lead, but this is going to be tight. We're going to come out of the left. They're going to come out of the right, and it will be a race for the first marble to get into the bin. Looks like Kochi's about to come down. Property, Dan. Done. Oh, wow. Dan S. was getting thrown over and ended up in one of the coils. Okay, it's coming down right to the end. Kochi is on the right. Winnipeg Chaster on the left. Who is it going to be? Kochi. Oh, my God. That was a photo finish, Remus. That was. We got to check the times. This might be from 1 to 10, the closest race we have ever had in Marbles history. What happened? That, I thought Dan S. was going to take it. He was in the lead, and then everyone caught up. He didn't finish yeah, top 10. Uh, you know what? He probably, here comes Mike Wynn. Doing his thing. I guess there's still a couple marbles still to come. Oh, Rob DePap is uh, is chilling. I think will will he get in before the fire comes and melts him? Rob DePape, our final marble coming across this finish line, but the winner is Kochi Fifty One. Okay, let's see how close this was. Oh man! It was Whoa. Cool. We had one, two, three, four, five, six marbles within four-tenths of a second. Oh, yeah, this is definitely the closest one we've ever had. So Kochi 51's our winner. Bruce H., second. Chucker, third. Winnipeg Chaster, fourth. Todd M., fifth. Running Man, sixth. Dan Jets fan. Peg City Dude. Dr. Keating and Donnie Boy are top ten. Nice performances by Brass Balls Blake, Rob Mahoney, Atomic D Sizzle. Give us the give us the rundown in case there's any side bets as there often are between certain contestants here on WST. Oh, there's Ross with 29th. That's going to be tough for uh, him to for Bozeman to beat. I don't think I saw Bozeman ahead of him. Royal Team Sales SK SK 62nd. Not too bad. Oh, there's Bozeman at 68th. Big win for Ross. Well, we'll take it right down to the bottom. And a whole whack load of, uh, of eliminations. I mean, not a ton. I mean, it wasn't like half of the group, but um, there was there was quite a few, especially at the start in that first corkscrew. It all coming down that coils of power and just uh, we're all heading to the finish line together. Amazingly close finish uh, at the <laughs> end of this one. Oh, a heck of a lot of fun. And there's uh, everyone that got thrown over the top rope. Kenny Lawler, first marble out. Um, great stuff, everyone. That was a lot of fun. Todd Evan, another top 10. Nicely done. Coachy51, send us an email, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. As I mentioned, we're going to be waiting probably a few weeks for the uh, hoodies, but we'll get you on the list, get your size and all that. Let us know where you're at. Uh, well, Remo, only one thing to do. Start the weekend. Maybe crack in 1919. 
head on downtown and get ready for a big game tonight for the Jets. Biggest game of the year, <laughs> right? Friday night. Of course, that should be I should be rocking uh, building tonight. I think at uh, Canada Life Center. I'm trying to think of some crazy acronym, but it is just uh, yeah. Canada. Well, listen, if uh, if you're going to the game, bring it tonight. And um, if you're not, I don't know. Check out, see if there's tickets available. Fan first. It would be a great night to be in there. Uh, and I think hopefully, I think the crowd can really get behind these guys tonight and uh, hopefully give them a little bit of a boost because certainly could use it right now. All right, Adam Lowry, goal tonight. The streak ends. Plus 550 on Cool Bet. I'm backing it up. Uh, Remo, do you have any other predictions before we go? Oh, here. Liz Sean says Makar versus Morrissey. It's going to be awesome. Well, we won't get that tonight, but uh, I think it'll be an awesome I'm game. fine with that. I'm fine with Makar taking all the yeah. time he needs to come Look, back to the lineup. The Jets promotional jinx, I think, is great. So next, so we just need to see on the on the digital board ads tonight. What Shifley versus McDavid? Exactly, uh, March fourth. March fourth. <laughs> That's let's bring it, Jets uh, b- digital board ad team. Let's put that on there, and you know maybe we'll see how he's he's having quite the historic season. So oh. God, he was crazy last night. That was a nice exclusive. The uh, the bet, uh, McDavid goals versus Crosby goals last night. Bailed me out after uh, the Rangers lost to uh, the Detroit Red Wings. All right, we got to get the pot up so people can check it out before game time tonight. Folks, have an awesome weekend. Huge week coming up next week. An expanded trade deadline show. We'll tell you about that on Monday. And we'll be back live 1 p.m. on Monday afternoon with a full recap of tonight's game against the Avalanche, Sunday afternoon against the New York Islanders, look ahead to Tuesday against the Kings. Um, and, hey, one of these two Winnipeg basketball teams are going to be heading to Nationals. We'll tell you about that as well. Don't forget tomorrow, 7 p.m., Investors Group Athletic Center, Bisons and Westman for all the marbles and a trip to Halifax in the National Championships. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Thanks to you for making us a part of your day. Do us a favor, tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let them know how to join us and tell them how to subscribe. We'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.